Hey everyone, and welcome to the NovaCast, a Digimon rewatch experience. I'm Sloan. I'm Mina. And I'm Tom. And today we are back to talk about the seventh OVA? Yep, Digimon Movie 7, Island of Lost Digimon, or in the sub, Revival of the Ancient Digimon. It's Digimon OVA 7. There's only one Digimon movie. And it will never well, be. Well, that's uh, I'm going by what the wiki says. So never, I mean, does, never be imitated. <laughs> do, we used do, to be do, a are society. We counting, are we not counting Try or uh, Last Evolution Kizuna as movies? Uh, that, well, I mean, that'd be uh, that OVA is on It's like no, Kazuna's a movie. That was in theaters. That's a movie. Kazuna's a is absolutely a film. Yeah, it might be the only <laughs> Digimon film. <laughs> Uh, there's only one Digimon film. There's only one Digimon the movie, and, uh, and that's then there's true. A whole bunch of OVAs, one of which we're covering today. Yep, and it is our our Soul Frontier one. And I'm gonna be controversial. I don't think it's the best OVA. I don't think it's the second best OVA. I don't even think it's the third or fourth best OVA. But it might be the fifth best OVA. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will say this. This is the only way in which Frontier is better than Tamers, <laughs> is that it has a better OVA. Well, okay, Battle of Adventurers Ooh. was good. Runaway Locomon yeah. was not good, but Battle of Adventurers was fun. I would Battle say... Battle of Adventurers was fine, but I I think I might have enjoyed this more. Oh, I, I think so too. I, I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I have some thoughts about that... Um... I will, will. I guess we'll get into it properly when we talk about it. But yeah, I think this is definitely. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw something out here. I think this is probably the best frontier thing we're gonna get. Yeah. No, you're you're correct. It is. It is in fact the only frontier thing that actually does something interesting with the lore of the frontier world, which is like you know the the beast human dichotomy that we've got going on. Yeah. Um. Yes. I'll, I'll talk about that more. Yeah. When we when we start the discussion proper, I don't want to stumble ahead too far but <laughs> sorry Sloan, what were you saying what was i saying um uh <laughs> me me like this one frontier thing i actually thought it had some neat ideas it was it was really it some of the characters were still characters but also like they were kind of jerks in ways that i enjoyed like the like the takuya koji stuff i kind of enjoyed I, I i do like this i like this more than i thought i would to the point where when I rewatched it last night, I was like, yeah, you know what? This is still a fun time. I'm having a good time with this. I, it has its faults. It has its faults, I mean, but hey. This OVA is surprisingly good, considering it sets your expectations at rock bottom by opening with Zoe singing the Spider-Man 2 pizza theme. It's, it's an actual <laughs> song. It's Funiculi Funicula. You, it's the Spider-Man you disres- 2 pizza You song. disrespect my culture. Pizza yeah, pasta. you're correct. <laughs> Put it in a box. Da, da, da. Okay. Cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the the uh, that is an iconic piece of music, and uh, I can't believe it's finally graced the uh, the Digimon series. Oh, I guess when I say finally, I mean back in 2000 and whenever this came out. But yeah, <laughs> that was a surprise. Um, should we talk about this? Wait, do we have any news? I suppose before we, we get do into have it? news. Yeah, we just talked talk about, about how news. we have news. So, yes. by the time this episode is up, we'll already have episode 22 of Ghost Game. But Ghost Game's coming back Sunday, y'all. Uh, the, the hack is over. Uh, 
Ghost Game, Ghost Game back. I'm not going to be able to see it until the Sunday after this is up, but hey, Ghost Game is back, and that's neat. Yeah. Hashtag Ghost Game Sweep. Hashtag Ghost Game Mania. This is the, this is the summer of Gamamon. <laughs> Honestly, I think every summer should be the summer of Gamamon. I mean, just he's a great little guy. Cut to uh, Kiyoshiro in the hospital saying this was supposed to be the summer <laughs> of Kiyoshiro. Then uh, there you go. It completes the imagery. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna get commission of our of Kiyoshiro saying this is supposed to be the summer of Kiyoshiro as he's just like bandaged <laughs> in the hospital. <laughs> yes, definitely. Oh, I can't bad. think of anyone. I feel. I feel like have we already had the discussion about like who is like trying to map the Seinfeld cast to <laughs> Digimon characters? Or was that someone? Was that no, we else? no. That was that was always Sunny that we attempted. Oh, okay. Because I think Kiyoshiro the like, Kistan- because they're all awful. Kiyoshiro and Costanza. <laughs> I feel like there's there's some there's a good bit of overlap there. So, yeah, I think I think Ruli would think be the it. would be the Kramer. No, she's a, <laughs> she's she's a lane. Come on, you can't just like, draft all the women onto a lane, Tom. No, but you but in this case it's actually correct. So I'm sorry, <laughs> Kyoshiro when he when he gets Jellymon. Stand back, everyone. I'm a marine biologist. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. No, oh, look, see. Elaine would have the worst social media presence. Meanwhile, Kramer would have like the best Twitter, and Ruli is canonically a social media <laughs> no expert. So je- je- jelly Jellymon is Kramer. Come on, Let, let's let's. Okay, let's, actually, let's... I I can accept this. Also, <laughs> no Jellymon, stay away from the open mic. <laughs> she's Will also she Newman. say it? She she's both Kramer and Newman, which is why she's the most powerful Digimon yet. So um... <laughs> honestly. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that because it's been too long, and uh, I don't know. I'm hoping they like have the, a new <laughs> OP soon. I don't know. I like the current one. I just, I just find it extremely exciting. I don't, wa- I don't want a, I don't want a new OP. I want they are giving us one. a new ED soon, so. Well, they've changed that already, so I'm, 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 I can wait a bit. But if it'd be great if it came back and there was a brand new OP because that's always exciting, as long as it's. I, re- cool, I really yeah. like faction. Yeah, the only time the only. Other I can't. I haven't watched Apmon. I guess so. I can't really comment on that. But I, I guess Savers changed. No, not Savers. Yeah, Savers definitely changed its OPs. But like, I guess maybe Fusion did as well. It, point is, I there's not that many Digimon series where they've actually changed the OPs. Like most of them, the classic ones all stick with theirs throughout. Uh, so it's exciting to see whenever they Adventure do. Adventure Twenty Twenty did not change its OP and. It was all right. That one, I mean, that one was okay. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. That one was okay. Its, it's yeah. EDs were much better than its OP. Like I'll, I'll say that. Like, uh, bar none. I'm gonna throw this out there. That's probably means that's a good film because the uh, the EDs for the original adventure, not very good. Also, I, 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 I've I, honestly never heard them. So yeah, they're not. They're not that memorable. Also, apologies. I mean, what... Apologies if you could hear the ice cream van blasting past my window, but uh, yo, can you can you get me a um an ice lolly? You get get like an Agumon lolly, and the eyes are like yeah. Get me get me a cherry flavored right Agumon lolly. <laughs> get you a Frigimon. Yeah, um, God, with big gumball just, with big gumball eyes. 
Yes, exactly. Yeah, I just I was just imagining like an Agumon with like a green gumball like dripping out of its socket. Oh yeah. yeah. Just like completely in the wrong place, as always. If you get a Sonic if you get a Sonic and the the eyes are in the right place, then uh then then someone fucked up, clearly. That's twenty that's... twenty years good luck. <laughs> all that all that, yes, one or the other. Uh someone loses their job and you get twenty years good luck. Um should we talk about it? There was no other news, I guess. Uh, it's nice There's to see no that. other news as far as I they, know. They put they put out the... Um, the on, the, on the same token, they also said that the Dragon Ball film is coming out in like June now instead. So that's cool. I'm glad they seem to have figured out what was going on there. I don't always root for Toei, let's say. But, uh, but when I do, I root for the Dragon Ball movie. When I do, I root for the <laughs> things that I like to see or I'm interested in seeing not taking an age to come out. So, uh, yeah. Good news. Good news all around. Um, in that regard. Good news is better than no news. Yes. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> I can't Agreed. think of a segue, so <laughs> shall we talk about the, the OVA? Let's, let's talk about an OVA. Yes, let's let's discuss this uh, this bad boy. So, uh, there's a lot to cover in this in this summary, so I'm going to have to kind of yada yada some of this. You all good if I take it away? Go, go for it. Go right ahead. All right. So, as I mentioned before, this OVA opens with the gang riding through the desert on one of those little, like, hand car trail lawns. While Zoe sings the, <laughs> the Spider-Man 2 pizza theme. <laughs> and, this is uh, Fredophobia. Bo- this is, this is Fredophobia. <laughs> Pokemon and Namon argue about whether they're there yet or not. And, like, this is, like every OVA, this is dubiously canon, but it does slot in quite nicely with their continued quest to reach the, the forest terminal slash forest kingdom. So while they're pumping along down the rail, they kind of have a an argument with each other, which is interrupted by a scuffle between human and beast Digimon who kind of surround them and start firing off lasers and attacks and whatever. And then that battle is interrupted by a massive floating island, which is simply just called the Lost Island crashing down onto the tracks and kind of like scooping all the combatants and the the Digidestin plus Namon and Pokemon up and they all get kind of flung into the air in different directions and are separated. So first, Takuya, JP, and Tommy wake up on one end of the island, which is the human side of the island. By human, I mean like human type Digimon, not like actual humans. And they're greeted by Kotimon, who's a little kendo Digimon wearing a little kendo mask and armor. And he greets them and kind of lets them know where they are. Kind of gives a lore dump about the, the island's religion, about how it's said that it's protected by the guardian god Ornismon, whose name is often said very quickly and very slurred in this OVA, so I had to look up how it was spelled. As well as Ancient Grandmon and Ancient Gurumon, who are two of the original ten legendary warriors and happen to be the, the two that inhabit the spirits of our golden boys, Takuya and Koji. So, all of a sudden, this lore dump gets interrupted by another attack, where a bunch of beast Digimon rush in and start blowing stuff up, and, you know, kind, it's kind of, like, violent by Digimon standards, and that these, these Digimon are just running around, turning people into eggs, which is, like, killing them, essentially. Like, they're, they are one-shotting droves of, of Digimon all in one in one sweep. And their efforts are kind of pushed back by the lieutenant of the human-type Digimon, Dino Human is what his name is, I believe. And he, he fights back with a bunch of uh, brightly, brightly colored war machines and tanks, but he's thwarted by Hippogriffmon, who is the leader of all the beast Digimon, and they try to chase him down, but they're interrupted by Darkmon, who is this tall, kind of like harpy-looking human-type Digimon, 
and she's the leader of the humans, and she says that peace is important, and they're not, not going to get anything from, you know, chasing after their, their mortal foe. Then we cut the other side of the island, the beast side, which is where Koji and Zoe wake up, and their first interactions with a bearmon, not because of the Kumamon, but the little bear Digimon with a little backwards baseball cap, and when they're kind of being given the, the exposition dump, they are interrupted again, this time by Dino Human, who is trying to seek revenge for the attack uh, on the human side of the island, and Grizzlymon, who is Bearmon's father, question mark, father figure, for sure. Brother. Did they say brother? Uh, yeah. I think, okay, at, at, le- at least in the sub, they, they specifically note that that's his big brother. Okay, so yeah, his big brother, Grizzlymon, steps in to, to protect them and confront them. So they manage to, to kind of repel their attackers, and the Hippogriffmon shows up and goes, hey, we should attack them back again. So obviously, like, you know, these two sides are kind of locked in an endless culture war, so to speak, and it keeps escalating despite calls for peace from certain individuals. So at this point, the two different groups kind of meet up in the middle, led by Kotemon and Bearmon, and this neutral ground that the kids have kind of formed with a bunch of the baby Digimon, and they all they want is for the violence to end, and to that end, they take him to this old mural of Ornismon, which has a bunch of digit code written on it. And Bokemon tries to, to translate it, but it's kind of like broken and cracked, so he doesn't have a full picture of what it says. Before they can start, you know, try to figure out how to repair it and get the full picture, Dino Humon and Grizzlymon kind of crash on through and see their kids, and they're like, hey, you know, you can't be here. This is the enemy. You can't be fraternizing with the enemy. And. Takuya and Koji kind of assume their respective human and beast forms to, to break up the fight, but despite, you know, their, their peacekeeping efforts, Dino Human and Grizzlymon are still bitter and angry at each other, and they take their, their little siblings and, and go home. So things keep escalating, like the, the tensions are heating up. Darkmon, who was once advocating for peace, is now in full-on war mode and gives this big, kind of uncomfortably fascistic speech about crushing the enemy and, and preserving the human culture and whatever. And Dino Human, having seen Takuya fight as, as Agnimon, is like, hey, you know, you're a human type, you can fight with me. He kind of agrees, and partially as a distraction, so that Tommy and JP can kind of slip away. On the other side, Hippogriffmon's also doing a very charged speech, we'll say, in favor of his, his beast cohorts. And, you know, gives the same offer to Koji because he saw Koji become a Garmon. Fuck you, I'm not saying the English. <laughs> and because, you know, these two knuckleheads have a stupid psychic bond between each other, also agrees to allow JP and Zoe to slip away. So JP, Zoe, Tommy, and the, the baby Digimon, along with Pokemon and Namon, reunite in the neutral ground and start putting the mural back together. And when they're just about done, an explosion rocks the cave from the battle, and it kind of shatters the party and forces it to restart. And so we actually get this fairly lengthy and and quite violent battle scene where both sides are just kind of tearing into each other and, you know, wiping out their opponents by the dozens. You know, eggs are flying everywhere from all these these KOs. And Takuya and Koji getting pretty disgusted by all the violence. So they... Both kind of, you know, assume their opposite forms. So Takuya becomes Burning Greymon instead of Agnimon. And Koji becomes Lobomon instead of Garmon. And they try to stop the fight so that all the killing can stop. But this just makes them kind of the, the central targets between the two sides. And they're kind of sandwiched between all this warfare and tank fire. And it's looking bad. Things are looking pretty dire. However, this does buy the rest of the group enough time to finish the mural. 
and Bokomon discovers, oh shit, Ornithomon isn't a guardian deity, it's actually basically Digi-Satan <laughs> that, you know, in ancient times enslaved the island and absorbed all of its people's energy to become a powerful conqueror, and that this, you know, never-ending war between the humans and the beasts is meant to generate hatred and enough negative emotion to revive Ornismon because he feeds off of all that shit. And they discover this is an indentation that's into the rock, and it so happens to be the same shape as both the tipper on Darkmon's staff and the icon on Hippogriffmon's necklace that he wears. So they realize, oh shit, these two are the same being, and they're kind of manipulating both sides to go to war so that the resulting clash will generate enough hatred and, and malice to revive Ornismon and wipe everyone out. So JP and Zoe rush out to tell the Golden Boys what's what, whereas Tommy and Kotemon and Bearmon stay behind to try to finish the murals of Ancient Greymon and Ancient Gururumon, because their logic is, well, if... You know, the villain's trying to revive Ornismon, and we can try to revive the two legendary warriors to stop him as well. So as JP and Zoe rush into the battle, they do in fact find out that Darkmon and Hippogriffmon are the same Digimon, it just slide evolves from one form to the other. And so this unified villainous Digimon kind of appears before them and beats them up, and then, like, kind of drains all of the code from all of the fallen Digimon in a pretty dark scene. Like, all the eggs are being lifted into the air and kind of disintegrated by this energy. And then this villain Digimon, the one that was behind both Darkmon and Hippogriffmon, reveals itself to actually be called Myrmixmon, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Do you remember how it was pronounced? Yeah, so? it's, it's Myrmixmon. Myrmixmon? Okay, yeah, Myrmixmon. And it uses all this negative energy to bring Ornismon back to life and then rides on its back to start blowing the island apart and killing everyone on it. So all of the Dedestans assume their, their spirit forms and start, you know, giving it their best shot. But no matter how much they throw at Myrmixmon, it is too powerful. Ornismon is just an unstoppable beast of destruction. Just to be safe, you know, Myrmixmon understands, oh, you're trying to revive the legendary warriors. I probably shouldn't let that happen. So he has Ornismon attack the murals. But brave little Kotemon jumps in front of it and sacrifices his own life to protect them. And this sacrifice generates so much, like, you know, grief and thankfulness and all these, like, you know, complicated emotions that it does actually manage to revive ancient Greymon and ancient Garurumon, who, you know, become these massive kaiju-sized beasts jutting out of the mountain. And so the rest of the Digimon see this and become inspired and, and aid in, you know, they all join in the battle against their, their new common foe. And thanks to, you know, their combined efforts weakening Ornismon, Takuya manages to, you know, become Agnimon again and take out Marmixmon with a strategic punch to the face. And then the two legendary warriors kind of clamp down on Ornismon and drag him back down and he explodes. And then they return back to their, their meal forms as well as peace is finally restored. So the island crashes back down to the digital world and... The respective leaders of the human and beast tribes vow that they're going to work together and try to settle their differences so that they can rebuild all that that was destroyed. And we even get this happy little coda where Kotimon turns up again because he was just turned back into a digi-egg and then hatched again. And because he was already a baby, I guess his life cycle was just very quick and returning to how he was before. So him and Bearmon have a little reunion and all is happy and well. And thus ends the story of the Island of Lost Digimon. The Island of Lost Digimon is meant to represent how all warmongers are one and the same, and how forever wars 
are solely meant to justify more and more carnage. In my TED talk, I will. Yeah. <laughs> you know, see, I actually have that in my notes. I have Myrmexon equals the CIA. Yeah, no, I mean, okay, let's look at it this way. They're literally uh, starting war against holy religious sites. Oh, God. Like. Oh, no. No, this is this is a grim road to go down. Not this and, is and... this was made in Japan in two thousand two. Yeah, well, in the God. summer. So I'm not. I'm certainly not saying that any of this was conscious commentary. I do not think the people making this were that on point. Look, but, hey, Sloan, I... what what happened around two thousand two that would generate this kind of um these kind of feelings? I don't, inspire this. I don't when, know. Wasn't there like no. an Elder Scrolls game that came out around then or something? The Shrek. Like what Shrek happened to the world? Shrek 2? Shrek. Shrek. No, no, Shrek 2 was a few years later. Okay, Shrek, uh, Shrek 1 then. Okay. Shrek, yeah, the, the, the DVD release of Shrek 1. There we go. Nailed it. <laughs> That's exactly Nailed why. It. No, I think this... It's funny you use the word conscious, because I feel like this has... Unlike the main Frontier show, which feels like a hodgepodge and like just random throwing shit at a wall and emphasis on shit... This feels like there's some real consideration behind it. Yeah. It feels very this was made concrete. With purpose. Yes. Oh, completely. Yeah. I'm yeah, not yeah. saying it's not, but I'm also not saying I'm also saying that the idea that they're talking about how all warmongers are one and the same no matter what side they're supposedly on and the dangers of forever wars. I'm saying that's not a, a necessarily a conscious decision on their part. No, I mean, it's, there's clearly an anti-war message going through this, and you know. Oh, 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 no, completely. Speak about why or the whys and hows or whatever of how they came to be or, or whatever, but that yeah, that's very, it's a very clear and transparent one. And I will say that there is like a, I do like that it's a bit more simple than just like the Nanako no fighting <laughs> picture. Like it, it does have like a bit, little bit more to say through yes the. The main antagonist being like a, a sort of a dirty manipulator and such, and 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 all this other stuff. And heartwarming, the warmonger oppressing both peoples is trans. <laughs> I no, I, I think I. Oh wait, no, that would that would line up with like liberal, like current day liberalism and warmongering. So <laughs> exactly, you're right. Yeah, there, the... there's there's one part early on where I think it's Takuya who's like, they deserve to be destroyed, and I'm like, geez, like now these Digimon have like put their propaganda on these kids. <laughs> that was that was JP who like yes exactly. Oh, was that JP? Yeah, it was. So okay. the thing I think maybe drags this down and I will say it's kind of only an issue for like the first 10 15 minutes or so before it decides it can't actually be bothered doing this anymore is it does inherit the characterization of the main show which of course it should but it's not like sometimes in the past they have thrown that away like for example in the last OVA we covered Runaway Locomon there was definitely a sense of like characters like character assassination <laughs> well yes but also just generally like characters perhaps behaving a bit out of character for the purpose of the story they were trying to tell to be to be as you know um unopinionated as possible about it let's say like in this case they don't really do that and they have an instance in the beginning where the characters are they basically have to pay uh, they have to pay their dues towards the fact that these characters absolutely hate each other. Like, yeah. for whatever reason, they were written that way in the show, and so this needs to sort of bleed into this a little bit. Even though the whole point of this is that there is a senseless 
conflict going on, which has no need to be going on, and both sides of this story are, you know, for whatever reason, they have become, you know, war brain. <laughs> they, you know, they've just got bloodlust, and they've got the red in the the red in their eyes, and you know, they weren't always like that to begin with, and so on. So it's the story should be about an objective, and not more objective, but like a more compassionate, let's say outside force the 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 knuckleheads the the frontier crew coming in and because of what they can see from a third party perspective they they have the insight to maybe try and put a stop to this with the help of you know bear uh, bearmon and um oh god i'm, I'm gonna the other one kotemon <laughs> kotemon my favorite he was my starter in digimon world 3 he's my favorite oh, little guy wow. okay he's cool i, I like him yeah so it's it they do do the um they they have the thing where the characters are like you know no the the side that I happen to fall into is right and blah 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 but they drop that fairly quickly thank God but it does mean that like yeah. there is an initial thing of me rolling my eyes and going like okay here's an interesting concept oh and it's still a frontier thing okay great yeah like <laughs> I think like you kind of do have to drop that because otherwise like how how do you unless you make this like a full like. 120 minutes or something not 120 but like 90 minutes type of thing like you've got to drop like their their being against each other pretty quick i feel like there were definitely worse ways to do this story than what they did like uh, you know for, yeah. for example they could have had the revelation about darkmon slash hypocritmon come across very quickly and them spending the entire thing trying to convince other people that they were lies. In this case, I'm glad they didn't go down that route. I'm glad that they instead yeah. got that awesome scene of like Beetlemon and Kazemon just stood on the like lightning struck horizon just being like That was Listen really up. good. Listen up, fuckers. I, I will I will <laughs> say like uh the, the the three like side characters uh don't do a ton in terms of like fighting, but I think their roles are actually like really good and fun and I actually really enjoy them in this OVA. Like you have um Tommy being like, I'm an expert at jigsaw puzzle. I'm like, oh Tommy, you're adorable. I like you, Tommy. And then you have JP and Zoe teaming up and like they find out about um uh Darkmon, uh Mermixmon, and they're like, hey, listen up, you're all being deceived. And I'm like, I like this. Like, I like this for them of like, okay, like they are in the forefront, but they're yeah. still doing things that are very important. They seem to have an understanding that like, especially because this is like a thing people would pay money to go and see. They seem to have an understanding that like the characters here are ostensibly, the people coming to it already are, are like fond of these characters and they should be portrayed as cool as possible. There's definitely a sense of like, I, th- I feel like J- um, well, Beetlemon and Kazemon specifically are like portrayed with like a certain amount of camp about them, which I kind of find fun. Like a sort of like a very sort of like um, Carmen Rider slash JoJo sort of way, which I found was it's quite fun, quite <laughs> funny. Um, Agunimon and uh, well, I suppose not just Agunimon, is it? No, because they are, they are they both have they have both of their forms at this point. Um, Takuya and Koji are portrayed as being pretty pretty cool like you know after their initial sort of spat as it were they they are yeah they are portrayed especially the scene where like they are on the in, they're in the thick of it all in the battlefield and that and they are just fed up with it all and they they have their digi you know their digivices bursting uh because of the because of the raw emotion that's a really cool scene and that's very i like that that's classic digimon to me and, and it's something that frontiers really lack so far so i'm glad that yeah. i'm glad that this is here I was a very big fan of for for Koji and Takuya. Um, the the first time when they spirit evolve, um, 
in the sub in particular, it would like in the in the dub they keep saying like no more. Like yes. like in the, like they are very much like working on one like brain wavelength, which is kind of weird, but I in a way I kind of dig it. But it's like all silent and you have like the like very like melancholic like like string instrument like sound like sound in the background. And then eventually they just go straight into their um their forms, but like there's still yeah. like it's not like there's evolution music or anything, and they go and just straight up tackle like the two into like the walls. I thought that's a very good moment of like, hey, they're like trying to put a stop to this. Like they're actually they're actually being heroes. Yeah, yeah, at the very least. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that they, they are it's it reminds me a lot of moments like you know, if you think about some of the other OVAs, like um there's a couple of moments like this in there's a good few moments like this in our war game and, and and other things like that where it's very much um the character being very sort of emotional and striking back like it's 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 really cool and i do quite enjoy it and i like that they give the other characters like tommy i think is fun in this because he definitely yeah they put him with all the baby digimon and, and like with bearmon and Kotimon for the most part and but they give him more of like an like an intellectual exercise to do which i found was quite yeah. funny uh but not funny like, sorry, i, I, quite I like cute. that he's like cute. i'm i'm good at doing jigsaw puzzles so i can do this yeah. and i'm like I, that's yeah. actually really cute i love and it's like the same yeah. in both versions and i thought that was really cute so i'm like that's yeah. kind of very specific for him to mention jigsaw puzzles, and then I, when I watched the the sub, I was like, "Hey, that's the same. That's awesome." Okay, yeah, yeah. It's 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 yeah. so, it's cute with him, like with the baby Digimon as well, like having having them like put the pieces together, like pass the in their, pass in their them, mouth, in their they're mouth. passing the very pieces cool. in their yeah. mouth. That's so cute. Oh, I love the baby Digimon. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's so, a cute thing. One thing I I really love though is the way that this this OVA takes advantage of the lore that Frontier doesn't because. The lore of, of Frontier, at least like the first half of Frontier, is way more interesting than the actual show itself. Like, we haven't really gotten to it yet in in our watch of the show, but like, you don't really care if I if I get spill some minor stuff that yeah, yeah, gets elaborated on, do you? Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. I think okay, okay, this so is like, a fair amount of stuff that we sort of have been hinted at, and like we're gonna see like in the next like few episodes too. So yeah. So essentially, the reason why Shurubimons are are kind of like big bad for this first arc is because he took a look at the society that Digimon, like the, the, the digital world had going on, and realized the three governors of this world were himself, uh, Seraphimon, and Ophanimon. So one beast and two humans, and he said, wait, how is that fair? There are more beast Digimon than there are human-type Digimon, and yet you get more representation in our government than we do. That seems kind of bullshit. And the response from the other two is basically, well, that's tough. Like, we're, we're more intelligent than you, than your kind. So, like, we, you know, we're the decision makers. We deserve to have more, you know, more say in what goes on here. Um... And so Shurubimon was like, well, that's pretty bullshit. I'm, I'm going to take my ball and go home and, you know, raise an army to, to overthrow you both because that is really unfair and, and classist. And that concept is so cool. Like, it, it's a really interesting idea to present in a world that has a pretty, you know, diverse um, demographic of, of, you know, all these intelligent creatures, some of which are you know, very humanoid, and some of which are very bestial, and they just squander it in the actual show. So to see that they're actually doing something with it here, that this island is kind of a, a microcosm of the issues on the digital world at large, is really good. I think that's a really cool idea, and the way they have um, Myrmixmon manipulating both sides through Darkmon and Hippogriffmon, 
um, you know, which are established leaders that they the, the people trust is a good um, kind of hint at what's going to happen in the actual story um, once Cherubimon's motivations get revealed. Yeah, I, so, I think it's really good. Have you watched this before, Mina? The, the, this OVA? Yeah. I think, like, way back in, like, God, like, 2008, 2009, it's been a long, long time. I think I have seen it before, but it hasn't, like, it's so long ago that I, I barely remember Cause, cause it. Because the reason I ask is because, like, this is a, you know, obviously for the longest time, for a lot as long that it's become a running joke, um, in the lead up to the show and beyond, it's, it, it you know, you don't like Frontier. <laughs> it's, it's become very much abundantly clear, <laughs> uh, which, to the point where I, I haven't really... This OVA to me was kind of an afterthought. I was like, yeah, Sloan did her due diligence and put it into the schedules and so on, and put it into our schedules and so on in a way that I seems like it makes sense. Although, why does Zoe have Kazim on? All right, never mind. Don't okay, worry about so it. the Don't thing worry. is, literally, <laughs> this right, is the on. only spot that can work because next episode something is going to happen that it does not uh, account for in this OVA. So there's there's. First of all, there's fundamentally no place that this can work, but if there is a place, this is the closest place that this can work. <laughs> okay, cool. I mean, I figured it was more of a problem with the OVA than the, the, than the spot you had chosen to pop it into the schedules, Sloan. But uh, but yeah, no, that's fine. Thank you for the no, explanation. There's a, there's a very specific story beat that we will see literally the next episode that we cover. Great. Fantastic. I'll look forward to it. Uh, good to know we've got exciting stuff to look forward to then in front of you, um, <laughs> I guess. Um, but yeah, no, the, this isn't, the way that you've spoken about this before, Mina, made it feel like there wouldn't be any bright spots in this. So maybe you just had a different impression of this last time you watched it, but. Yeah, I, I didn't remember it well enough to, um, to like make a, a judgment like that. And, but I, what I did remember is that, you know, the main show is, is not great and squanders the, um, the law, the actually interesting lore that it builds up. So I'm glad to see that at least someone took that lore and did something cool with it. This feels distinctly more like its own. This has an identity to it, I feel like. Like, this, the location's quite interesting in that it's like, you know, you've got your floating islands all sort of thing, and, and, all, and yes, you've got a more, you've got a society here which is clearly broken down, but like a, a you know, the beast Digimon and the human Digimon, more, much more distinct. And also, lots of Digimon that I, frankly, I've just never seen before. Like, there's so. Uh, okay, so most of them are armor forms, is the thing. Like, they're like what? various armor forms that just, they don't, they don't show up because, like, they're like, like, um, uh... Okay, weird. Like, there's Rabbitmon, uh, who is, like... Like, all of these forms, I'm pretty sure, are just various armor forms, like, for different combinations. Like, the only one that, like, is a is a, is a main armor form is, uh, when Poochimon shows up, because that's just a worm one with the egg of kindness. But other than that, it's just, like, various, like, if you took this one Digimon and just gave it a different egg type of thing. That's interesting. A lot of them feel like, you know, there's definitely a lot of what we've seen in the show, in the main show so far, has been like, yeah, okay, a lot of what you're seeing in terms of new Digimon comes via the the protagonists, um, and then and and also, you know, hey, you Grumblemon or whatever. But um, a lot of the other Digimon that appear are returning. You know, like you had Sunimon slash Gabumon and. Uh, you know, rare Mon and others like that. It's it's like 
you know, it's been a bit of a revolving door of like Digimon regulars, uh, which has given it this feeling yeah. of like the new Digimon that show up feel kind of out of place because their designs are like, you know, it, it's more recent designs, further down the road designs, and clearly maybe lost their touch a little bit compared to <laughs> compared to how they used to be. I mean, there were certainly some that I think still worked really well, like Kumamon, but a lot of them are very much very different. Um, and a lot of the Digimon that we see here are at least... I don't think they're necessarily... They're a bit more similar to the protagonist's Digimon forms. Like, um, you know, and I think part of that might be because, yes, you've got the human and beast dichotomy, which I think like most Digimon don't necessarily fall into. You know, that tends to be a case of like, oh, the, the lower level Digimon look like animals or Pokemon. <laughs> but the, the higher level Digimon look like, uh, you know, Carmen Rider type things. So, um, and, and I feel like that's the human beast dichotomy that I feel like I know of. Whereas this seems to present it in a way that's more like, okay, no, these are human and beast Digimon and they look like they're roughly on the same level, you know, as they're, as they're depicted and so on. So it feels more like an actual flavor and identity that you wouldn't see in any other type of Digimon show. This feels very much like what Frontier should look like and presents itself like all the time um that's a very long-winded way way of me saying that like yeah i like the identity that this show i like the identity that this ova gives frontier yeah and again like it is like noticeably more violent than like most of the shows and the fact that like there's just straight up war there are war machines that are firing mortars yeah. like digimon are getting egged constantly which is like Something that we never see in, like, anything else and we'll never see again. But nope. I think it's, like, a really, like, kind of, like, neat, terrifying thing of, like, oh, hey, like, they just get hit once and then, boom, they're an egg. They're essentially dead. Yeah. A Digimon, Digimon dying before has been shown to be... Well, firstly, it only ever comes at the end of, like, a significant conflict. Um, yeah. And, 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 like, a drawn-out conflict, rather. And either, A, they just dematerialize and then, like, they, they go, oh, it will become an egg again at Primary Village or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. so there's that sort of thing going on and then there's instances where they just straight up seem to freaking die and won't, won't come back and in some cases got absorbed like you know poor Leomon but um, the there's this is a way more like I don't know it's like one of those things it's like, um, it's comically horrific or horrifically comical whichever way you want to put it but them just like getting hit and then just instantly turning into an egg is like I'm just trying to, I don't know for why, for some reason I just keep thinking of the freaking um, uh, the, the church scene in Kingsman <laughs> except just like imagine yeah. everyone turning into an egg <laughs> it was just like that's what this feels like someone should edit that <laughs> just edit the God, church scene from Kingsman whatever someone <laughs> yeah. gets, gets whatever someone gets fucked up they just turn into an egg instead fire, I think, I think it does also say something interesting <laughs> about the um the violence like in this show and that like it's it's normally like like so um like it's, it's most cases it's not lethal unless like it is like a big bad type of thing. Yeah. But in this like not only is it lethal, it's normalized. Like we see how like the death of all these Digimon are so easily normalized and like looked past. Like aside from like Darkmon like holding up like the egg at the one point, and be like this can't go on. Like it's literally just all like uh like okay like just keep going type of thing. Like don't you don't really. They don't dwell on it at all. They don't think about it, except for, like, obviously the kids do, because they're not used to it. But I think that's, like, a very interesting way of how it is handled in comparison to, like, everything else Digimon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they go all... They, they, they wrote the pitch or the 
concept or whatever of okay this is going to be like a civil war in a digimon society and this is you know we're going to present that as it should be presented and they went all out of it which i appreciate maybe there's more they can get away with because it's not on tv or whatever but uh i don't know it, it, it's cool it, it's stark and I, I i appreciate that i appreciate that they went all the way with it so um and yeah and i like later on how they they're not you know they're not fussed about doing stuff like you know Kotimon sacrifice and such like that that's a really yeah that's that's quite a cool that's quite a good moment yeah yeah like like watching him like leap in front of the laser beam and like you see the egg falling like that like that gigantic height and like everyone sort of like realizing like okay like this is what war has brought like and it is like kind of like a sad thing because it's like okay well now now it's personal for like dino human so it's like okay like that's why it matters but it's like it is like yeah like this is a pretty rough look at like the ideas of war for a kid show of course for a kid's OVA yeah, but it's nothing groundbreaking but like it feels it's, yeah if... it's not groundbreaking but for for frontier doing it it feels <laughs> yeah surprisingly great it feels it's, it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's... This, uh, the presence of having like a sufficiently executed like you know pitch or whatever is is enough to uh, make me happy at this point <laughs> So um, I don't know, it, it, but it is, it is really well done. And I will say, for what it's worth, I do put this above things like um, uh, Runaway Locomon, of course, which we spoke about as being disappointing. But just taking a, you know, divorced from the fact that that was attached to the greatest Digimon series, and this is attached to the worst Digimon series, um, that, at least from what I've seen so far. Um, I still think, you know, go. Up against one another, each other in the back. Up against one another in a vacuum. Uh, I think this would come out on top of that. I would say this probably feels like a more satisfying watch than the DO2 OVAs, to be honest as well. Like I feel like this just it helps that it's it's well animated. It's it's got its own like visual flavor to it. Yeah, it's it, it has nicely that same enough. like Digimon OVA like sort of like art palette and stuff and like the art style that I really enjoy. So like yeah. I was already looking forward to that coming in because I'm like I like the way that Digimon OVAs look. They have that sort of like muted pastel type look where it's like bright colors, but it's sort of like muted and like not as bright. And I I think it's really good. Even even the goofy CGI like could look much worse. They've done a decent job of like trying to tweak the style that Soda brought to the table with our war game and, and his original OVA and, and tweak it into something that yeah. they can like replicate without it needing to be like spot on because this looks like closer to the um this looks closer to the frontier than like our war game looked to adventure uh well except episode 21 of adventure I guess uh, but the the point here is that like it still looks it still looks objectively better in both an artistic you know in both a stylistic way and in like just raw budget of course you know it just looks a lot nicer in that sense yeah. and you know obviously it's widescreen and all that as well so um sorry mina i think i think you had you had something you want to say oh no yeah i was just gonna say like it i totally agree yeah like even divorced from their relative qualities to their respective series i definitely think this is one of the better ovas yeah which is wild to say because like yeah like like you said I am a known um, critic, you could say, of Frontier. <laughs> Hater. <laughs> Hater is such a dirty word. <laughs> Sorry. <But> I prefer... <laughs> I prefer detester. You prefer super hater. Um, 
The tester isn't that like isn't that isn't that the Deadspin guys isn't that the website they made? No, that was that one oh game God. show about <laughs> how like... you tested video games. No, I'm so... the tester, oh, right? Oh God, that's it. I was gonna say that's a. I wonder who the hell's even gonna get <laughs> that joke that I just made, and then and then Sloan just won up to me in a spectacular fashion. So, well done. Um, who's this podcast <laughs> for? Other than other than us. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just a bunch of weirdos, honestly. <laughs> There we go. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, I'd say this this sits in like the upper upper echelon. Yeah, absolutely. Of of the OVAs we've seen, yeah. like the, the adventure ones, obviously reign supreme. Uh, but or you know the the, the first two anyway. Um, I, I don't really like the O two ones that much, to be honest. Um, I I'll, I'll I'll go to bat for the O two ones. I think they're no, yeah, I like they're the so ones. distinct. I don't like. You know, say what you will about the content, but in terms of, like, tone and overall feeling, I don't think I've ever seen any anime that feel like those two OVAs do. And I mean that as a compliment. Yeah. I, I, I do like, I like, I do like Revenge of Dia Bormont. It's kind of like a retread of our war yes. game, but it's still fun. I enjoy, I, I have the Zero Two characters who are, like, my children who I love with all my heart, <laughs> and I get to see more of them. And honestly, yeah, like, exactly, that's, yeah. that's enough for me. You have some cool moments with uh, Imperial Algermon Paladin mode, like, Armageddon Monacy. It's like, that. that's still a good thing. It's not, it's, it's very simple, but I think it still is satisfying. It's okay eating. And, like, it, 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 it Dio Bormon is definitely my favorite of those two. Slash free, whichever one you'll want to look at it. Um, like the, because that's a that is much more like straightforward and and but I will give it. It's not as good as our war game. Uh, it's definitely a case of, and I think we'll have something like that. It's definitely a case of, you know, you if you come at the king, you best not miss sort of thing. Like exactly. It's it's it it does suffer for that. Whereas this has nothing really to stand up to. Yeah. Like, like this ha- this I... has nothing to comp. This has no um. This has nothing to lose, essentially, for for being bad or being good. Even though I I do enjoy Revenge of Diaboromon a lot, I do think it's funny that despite Hosoda not being involved at all in the production of Revenge of Diaboromon, they ape his style so hard. Yeah, in terms yeah, of, of like, they do. Yeah. the actual visuals. Yeah, of, of course that movie. I mean, you made this. I I made this. You made this. <laughs> I made this. <laughs> I I mean, of course they do. Like you have to. It's literally a sequel to the thing he made. He needs to at least look like it. So yeah, but I, I it must have been an awkward, um, I don't know, conversation or whatever to have when making that. Like, we need it to look like this. Oh, is this Odomac? No. <laughs> uh, so uh, very, very odd. But um, anyway, this, this, I, this, I feel like they got to a point where with this, when they were figuring out what it wanted to look like. They, I feel like they kind of went back to the well a little bit on that, but they tweaked it enough where it doesn't just feel like that thing again. And it makes sense because a lot of what, and this just goes for the films he makes independently of Digimon, but like a lot of what Hizoda's done in Digimon is a lot of urban environments and then a lot of abstract environments. Whereas this is much more of like a, this has a very interesting like style to the world. Like it, it's kind of like a weirdly steampunkish town like it, it feels reminiscent of something like um you ever played like 
Solitarabo or whatever it's called, like the little the little Bronx Tales. No, but I've seen Solitarabo. Yeah, which is also a very deep cut. Who is this podcast yeah, for? Well, I mean, there's... are you a fan of PlayStation Network's The Tester and Solitarabo? Then check out the Diginova. They did just have that other game come out in the same series, like last year. Oh, um, yeah. Um, there's this more subgenre which Solitarabo was like, which the Little Bronx Tales series is part of, uh, of um, of like. Very, but make it weirdly industrialized. <laughs> this is and and like with like heavy war commentary. Yeah, exactly. As, uh, exactly. As Luga has been, from what I've heard. Yeah, I, I'm not. I've not played it enough to know for sure, but I feel like Dust and Elysian Tale might also fit in this. If if you remember that game, um, I remember that game. Yeah. So um, that's anyway. This is what this feels like, and I do see fairy because with all so many different human looking Digimon, especially a lot of them who look like rabbits and stuff i'm just like yeah this kind of feels a bit more fairy than usual for digimon <laughs> like in no bad or good way it just that's just the that's just the vibe i'm picking up so am i wrong can i say another favorite moment i have go on there's the there's the part where you have um after like the big like evil dome comes up around like the religious <laughs> site yeah you have Cosmon and um Beetlemon flying there and you have like Kumamon who's sort of like floating on his skis but I love the part where like they're getting ready to battle and Beetlemon just straight up throws Kumamon who's just grinning the whole time before they fly into battle I'm like oh this is hype I actually kind of love this I love these three now oh just the um he does he like throws Kumamon and Kumamon's all grinning as he's like go and he's like skis down like the side of the dome it's so cool I'm oh, sorry it... I I'm I'm now I'm now team Tommy Is it like fastball special or whatever <laughs> the, the thing where Yeah he does like a fastball special where... type thing like not he doesn't do like at Ornismon or Mermixmon, yeah. but it's still cool I was just so I was just I was just racking my brain to think of like what's that thing called when Wolf it, Colossus throws Wolverine like what's it called Yeah the fastball yeah, special Yeah it's the fastball special yeah um the um so I've been playing a lot of Lego Lego Marvel, so I'm like, oh, I just saw it. I know what it's called. Um, I yeah, I like the moment. Yeah, I like the interplay there. It's it's, it's quite fun how they um yeah how they how they operate. Yeah, and I, I do have to say, and I feel like this is maybe a bit of an issue that I've had with a few other Digimon OVAs other than like our War Game is when the fighting really gets started towards the end of it. I do kind of zone out. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but yeah, I feel like... Especially in this one, I wasn't as big a fan. Maybe, the, maybe it was just a, a sort of a consequence of, like, the version I was watching of this being, let's say, s- less than standard definition. <laughs> but, but um... Oh, yeah, that that was, like, <laughs> what's what's sub 144p definition? This is, like, like sub, like, 60p. Like, I... That was the only English dub I could find. Yeah, okay. And the, the the entire ending is basically pitch black. Like yeah. you cannot see like the last like five minutes because it is so dark. This is probably a great thing to look at. Like, if you want to watch the dub of this, I don't think this is normally we well, okay, we don't normally talk about this stuff, but like I feel like it's worth saying because the dub of this is not available anywhere in the world. Like this is not something I can buy or anyone can buy. This this is probably this is probably the worst preserved um, piece of Digimon media there is right yeah. now, and, I, and that's saying something. Literally, there is, the only thing I could find after extensive searching is like a few like uh, like clips on YouTube, and then one rip that is less than one forty four p to the fact that the final battle, because it all takes place at night in the dark, yep. is basically unseeable. You can basically not even comprehend half of it because it is so dark. I'm. 
Yeah. yeah, like so this this aired on TV once, and it never got a DVD release. It n- never got any kind of like you know official upload on any like online uh, streaming services or YouTube channels. Like at the very least, the other OVAs that were uh, included as part of the the Toon Disney package got like. People cared about them enough to like record them and upload them elsewhere. Yeah, because that's the only way that you can preserve the, the dub of the show. Because um, until recently, hardly any of it got like high quality um, physical releases. Yeah, but then like this one, just people just didn't give a shit about. It, apparently, like it's impossible to find anywhere aside from one person, like who, as Sloan said, uploaded at sub one forty four p, and like it looks like it was like legit recorded. It, I see. I recognize this really well as someone who does a lot of uh, screen recording for for my job. It it looks like someone direct recorded this from a TV back in two thousand five with the the you know then available technology. Yeah, it is like it is rough. <laughs> what is this Elden Ring? Like, what we just <laughs> that's going to be dated <laughs> no, by the time I'm, this I'm, goes I'm, up. Good I'm job. sorry. Yeah, go go look up. I'm proud of you. Up. No, don't be sorry. I'm proud of Go you. Go look up Elden Ring yeah, New York this... Times article. Whatever. I will say the sub that I watched, like it was in nice quality. Like I could actually comprehend the final battle, and I was like, "Hey, this looks a lot better." Yeah. But the dub the sub, whoop, the, that was the bad. original has been re-released, and in fact, I think it's had a blue Blu-ray release and all yeah. that. So you know that's available. Yeah, every every OVA, every OVA has been released uh, on Blu-ray in Japan, which is like you know great. Like I'm really glad that we at least have that. Per- preservation's sake but if you're a dub preservationist like this this needs attention badly <laughs> and it's not like the dub isn't worth you know any less worth preserving because like in frontier's case all of its problems come from the original original thing it's not like oh two where a lot of the issues were a dub invention like no this is this is the the dub was authentic <laughs> like it should be it yeah, should be maligned to the point where so. like a lot of like the anger is like still there in like the sub and like the the apathy that some of the characters have like yeah. at the start of the um the sub you you have zoe being like or azumi being like hey why don't you want to do with something about these things and they're just like it's not our in kojin's okay, fear just no. like it's not our you're business. making you're making and then they're like oh like the island is a coming and he's like no, That's, it's not our problem you're making the dub sound worse now because you're she's not that italian let's be let's be clear she's, about she, this no i'm I, it's it's the sub she's italian she's italian all right like, I'm allowed to do it because I'm you know Italian, what, remember. That's you know what's known? I'm going to make you take a lap. Okay, I'm going to take a lap. Yeah. Go yeah. take a lap. Let's have a quick break while we take a lap. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be back. We'll, we'll, she's got she's to run her lap. We'll, we'll, we'll return uh, when she's uh, learned her <laughs> lesson. took my lap i i learned my lesson i'm not going to talk about italians anymore on this podcast <laughs> lest i take more yeah, laps moratorium for the rest of this podcast uh as in this ep- this episode i mean i'm still going to talk about italian this listener. not this episode Mama maybe. Mia. so um 
because there isn't a ton more to say, we've kind of covered it very thoroughly in our thoughts. I do kind of want to go over a few, like, the sub-dub differences. I know Amina normally uh, takes the rein on this, but I actually Listen, took some pretty, some relatively extensive notes, I'll say. I, I thank you for not for making me not watch a Frontier thing twice, even if it's one of the better Frontier things. You're, you're welcome. I, I, did my, my, I did my sound duty, and especially because I actually did like it. So I was like, you know what, like, I'll watch both. Why not? So, like, one of the core things is, like, a lot of the, um, the, the different, um, the digi, the digi code is different. Like, they see, it's, like, a lot of, like, more focus on, like, the hatred and, like, as opposed to, like, they say, like, fear and anger. But it's, like, it's very much, like, uh, going off, like, the hatred of, like, this conflict. It's, yeah, it's, it's bigotry. They're fueled by bigotry. Yeah, honestly, uh, Ornismont is literally resurrected because of bigotry. That's honestly one of, like, the core things, um... Also, in the, the dub, I don't think this was a thing in the sub, but they say that Darkmon is like a descendant, like Darkmon and Hippogriffamon are descendants of ancient Greymon and ancient Gururumon, like, which is not a thing in the sub. It feels very weird, because when I was watching the dub, I was like, wait, like, how, do, how does that work? Like, I know, like, it could just come from the fact of, like, more Mixmon just assuming these identities and be like, I'm the... Descendant of ancient gray, but it's like okay, like who's gonna buy that? Yeah, that is pretty weird. <laughs> also, um, the sub tends to have more like wide sweeping shots of the island, which gives you like a really good idea of like how big it is because it's a huge island. It's like literally crashed into a desert. Yeah, you don't you don't see that in the you don't really get a good sense of the geography. Um, in the in this in the dub. yeah, because they kind of like uh, jump from like one location to the other so quick. Like you see like wide sweeping shots of like the tanks like, moving along to the center of the island where, like, the religious sites are. You see, like, like the, the length of the island, and it's pretty big. And um, apparently I've learned that in the sub, uh, Izumi's catchphrase is commozione, which is Italian for commotion. That's lame. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. It, 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 quit trying to be Miyako. You are not Miyako. You will never be Miyako. No one will like you as much as everyone likes Miyako, who is everyone, because Miyako is great and you are not, Izumi. Whenever Miyako's on screen, not on screen, everyone should be going, where's Miyako? That's literally what I've been doing for the past, like, 30 episodes of this podcast. <laughs> I literally just, every, sorry, before I, we record every time, I'm literally asking, where's Miyako? I'm, I'm contractually obligated to, to make at least one Simpsons reference per episode. Hey, that's fair <laughs> enough. And yeah, like, honestly, a lot of it is all the same. Uh, the bird screams, uh, in this, in this, like, it just straight up has, like, human sounding, like, if a human just screamed, I really enjoy it, the bird being Ornismon. Like, uh, like Guzzlord and Pokemon. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's great. And also at the end, because at the end of the dub, um, Takuya's like, we all did it together, and then at the end of the sub, he's like, well, we only have to thank Ancient Greymon and Garurumon, it's like, dang, Takuya, like, like, you know, Kodemon, like, sacrificed his life. Like, bro, like, at least thank him, too. <laughs> he literally doesn't thank anyone. And then... Can we bring up the fact that this ending is nothing? Like, there's literally, like, no yeah. ending. Which is, like, another fatal it flaw of, OVA, of the Digimon OVAs, where it just ends. It just... No, it doesn't even end, it just stops. No, they, yeah, that's what I mean. It just... It literally just... It just ends right there without, like, anything. I mean, they saved the day. What needs to happen? Who needs who needs resolutions? Yeah, I guess. 
I do like in the sub that they they made it looks like they made a mural of like Kodemon and Bearmon and like the legend in the the chuckleheads. I'm like that's cute, but I mean there is no end. There's functionally no ending. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like. They needed something. I feel like a they need something about Kotimon. Like maybe like Bearmon has his egg or something. Like hold like Bearmon holding his egg or something. Like, I don't know something cute like that would have been nice. Which it which is which is cut in which is cut in the dub. I, I at least I'm pretty sure because in the sub like Kotimon is back and Bearmon's all oh, crying, okay. but he sees uh he sees Kotimon is like yay like my friend's back like there is that. So I think that might have just been, like, uh, excluded from the dub for, like, time reasons, if yeah, We're like, oh, we need to cut some stuff out to make this fit broadcast. Uh, let's, uh, let's just cut out the, cut out the, cut out the ending. <laughs> it's, it's do we, do we cut out the sweet ending, or do we cut out, uh, Kazimon butt do shots? We, do, well, thankfully, they cut out. Do we cut out? Or thankfully, they cut out the butt do shots. Do we cut out Zoe backing up into GP? Like, no, we don't cut that <laughs> for some reason. I, honestly, I am so surprised there was not a joke in either version about like Zo- like JP running into yeah. Zoe. I am so I mean, surprised. On one and hand, thankful. that is the joke, and that's bad enough. But like, also, yeah, I was I was expecting like a JP like doing the like you know the goofy, shy thing or whatever like i don't know like i'm glad they didn't yeah. go go further than, than they did with that oh god um again some of the the remnants remnants of just how absolutely goddamn cursed the show is bleeding into this otherwise incredibly good well incredibly decent OVA. anyway I'll say it. This is a good OVA. It's good, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, say yeah. it. Um, Maybe I've been affected by Darkmon propaganda videos on tanks, but I think this is a good OVA. <laughs> by the way, what's with the tanks being like... The, the tanks look like... You know, in I'm not a Kingdom Hearts... I've not played this game, but I know... They, are you talking about, like, the electric uh, parade floats from Disneyland? Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? It's it's the, like, the pirate swing and all that. Like, they all look like that, and why yeah that was, no that was that was my exact like that was like one of like like my core notes was like they look like those electric parade floats from disneyland yeah that have like all of like the gaudy lights like if you're going to make something cg at least make it look weird like that so that's kind of that was kind of cool yeah yeah sure yeah yeah like kind of like that yeah because they are also kind of trailmon inspired like you have the one with like the duck head right. which kind of looks like the duck looking trailmon yes so it's like there is that but it's like they look weird, but I also kind of appreciate that they just are stupid, like, neon, like, Christmas light war machines. Yeah, but, like, at the beginning when JP almost gets run over by one in broad daylight, like, I was uh, just like... We were that... so close. <laughs> we were almost free. Is that a Trailmon? Uh, and then, no, no, it's not. But yeah, it's sort, sort of similar. I think maybe the Trailmon in the show might use CG sometimes, so maybe that's why I had that impression, but I don't Speaking know. of Trailmon, I think the Trailmon we see in this is my favorite Trailmon, the Trailmon Ball. He just looks so bored. He hates his He hates his <laughs> life. Is that what the um, the handcart one was called? Yeah, that's 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 Trailmon Ball. That's funny. Look at, look at him. He, he absolutely hates carrying these chuckleheads. He is miserable. There's a mimetic um, mecha in Gundam um, that's also called the ball. It's just a ball. <laughs> that's good. More th- more things should be orbs. And it's also like extremely popular for being silly. More orbs in anime. Imagine I'm doing like the clapping because I don't want to like blow up my microphone. <laughs> it kind of reminds me a bit of um, Mamemon. It has a has, yeah. Has a... 
fairly similar look to that, I'd say. Yeah. This is the mega form of Mame Mon. Its its sole purpose is to carry around chuckleheads. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of chuckleheads, I did want to just give just while I remember. Um, I I feel like we've said this for like most of the episodes of the podcast we've done for Frontier. Um, but the Pokemon is really funny in this. I like. I love the scene. I, l- I love him. He's just a little guy. I love the scene where, like, he's inspecting the mural for the first time after they put the code together for the first time. And he's like, it's clearly just ad-libs by his actor, but, like, he's just like, mm, yes, mm, oh, this one's upside down. <laughs> just like, oh, yes, excellent shape, excellent <laughs> color. Mm, yes, the penmanship's wonderful. I'm like, oh, I love it. That's so daft. I, like, I, I love it when they just go, okay, you've got, like, three seconds to just do whatever you want in this scene because the lip flaps aren't there. So just go nuts. <laughs> and then, then, then they do a good job. Yeah, the, the dedication that Brian Beacock puts into um, being prissy as Pokemon is excellent. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm i really excited for you to, for both of you to hear his his take on um, Yakuza Agumon and Savers. <laughs> Ooh, that's exciting. I will say, I like I like Dub Namon more than like Sub Namon. Sub Namon kind of reminds me of, this is going to sound weird, but he reminds me of like Louie from Pikmin 2. Like you know, if you switch and you you switch to Louie and he goes Louie, he kind of sounds like that, and I don't like it. Like he sounds very bored. Like he doesn't have like a lot. Like he doesn't even say much even. But like he do, he doesn't have a lot going on. He's just kind of bored sounding. And I don't. I like I like a uh, Naaman being more of just like a weird little guy than just like someone who's bored in there. Yeah, Naaman's definitely like I don't know. I like that he's just a bit of a. I like I like I like that he's there just to clearly be an annoying little shit and and it's great, <laughs> but like very yeah. very well he's done great. so that like he's only an annoying shit to Pokemon. Like as the audience, you you are you are perfectly okay with whatever he's doing. Um, you were too busy being annoyed by the main cast, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, in in this case, it was it was fun. But I'm glad they're not. They don't really get to do that much in this. Like I I, I feel like they aren't shoehorn the scenes and whatever which sometimes can happen with your comic relief anime characters but yeah yeah they kind of disappear like during the fight and they just come back down like hey like we got back from, we just came back from the digital world and like that's it yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah I, I, i'm fine with it which like i guess it works because like what else are you gonna do with those two little guys like when there's a giant like death bird flying around sure sure yeah yeah i, I I'm, I'm fine with it for the most part but yeah yeah unlike Speaking of the Death Bird, I just want to say, like, I appreciate that this has... They have 40 minutes, and they managed to pack in... They were kind of related, but, like, they managed to pack in two twists into this story, which I thought was quite funny. I I, I can't think of many other Digimon things where there's, like, been, like a subversion like that. Um, And I think that's pretty cool. Wait, what was the second twist? Well, the, okay, the two I'm speaking, speaking of in particular are, one... Own, Onus, Onusmon, Onusmon. How, how do you? Ornismon, Ornismon, Sorry, is bad. Yeah, you better be sorry. <laughs> Ornismon is bad, not good. Uh, and, oh, okay. And then uh, Darkmon and Hippogriffmon are the same person. So, because I knew you were talking about uh, Darkmon and Hippogriffmon, but I was like, what? What's the second twist? I was like, is it the Legendary Warriors come back? I was yeah. So maybe, maybe twist isn't the right word. But maybe again, it's a, it's a subversion of expectations. Right. I say, I yeah. Say, yeah. You, you know, Tamers was plenty subversive in its own way, but like it wasn't. It wasn't expectations wise. I would say it was very much 
it was very upfront about what it was. Um, but yeah, this was this was quite fun because it was like, oh, okay, that's fine. Because a lot, a lot a lot of the stuff can be very yeah. black and white, and, and and this was very much like not that. So I, I just this played between the lines a little bit more, and um, I, I like that. It's it's interesting. I will I will say. I think two of my biggest complaints are that A, like, Mermixmon was just like, hey, I can transform into any Digimon I want, as opposed to being, like, a third form type of thing. Like, if it was, like, a third form that's like, okay, he could go into, it could go into, um, Darkmon or Hippogriffmon, I think that'd be way better, because him just being like, I can be any Digimon I want, it's like, well, why don't you just be Ornismon then, you dumb loser? <laughs> it would have been, fun. it would have been interesting <laughs> if they made it into, like, a thing of, like, he has to... You know, if he defeats a Digimon or whatever, he can like take their form. You know, like kind of like what, kind of like, yeah, kind of like what Beelzebub was doing, sort of. Like, like Mega can, Man. Yeah, it, that would, yeah. You know, if this was a longer story, you could even do some fun things with that of like have someone find out and then you know you make it into like a the, the thing type scenario. But uh, oh man, that would be so good. Now I want Digimon. Yeah, make the this thing. into a, make this into a whole story. Um, but but no the uh, in the in the time limit they had I, I think it was exactly what it needs to be yeah, yeah no it's fair I I just think like I would have rather just been like a third form as opposed to just being like hey I can be anything yeah okay, I just think if, you, if you're gonna do transforming a transforming character especially an antagonist um uh, th- yeah I feel I feel like you don't don't <laughs> especially because like slide evolving is already a thing so it's like why can't it just slide evolve to a third form. Basically, just don't tease me with a good time. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> like, don't say I can't. I can turn into any Digimon. It's like, well, okay. Then that means the story could do this, 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 and this, and be even better than it is now. So, um, but you're not doing that. <laughs> so yeah, just point, just pointless gesturing like that. But he is a villain, I guess. So he could just be, I don't know, Yoki. Yeah. Little, so. And my other thing is, I am kind of salty that they don't become like the ancient forms, or even get like embodied by like ancient Guru or yeah. ancient Greymon. Like, I think if they were sort of like taken over or something, that would be cool. And I will say, uh, ancient Gurumon just straight up throwing the swords through the wings is a super <laughs> hype moment, and like that's great. Yeah. But I I kind of wish it was like Kotemon's like death and like Bearmon's sorrow caused the spirits to inhabit Koji and Takuya, and they briefly became or embodied the ancient legendary warriors. Because, like, that would be cool. Instead, it's just, like, instead the heroes functionally do nothing to stop the bad guys. I mean, they are kind of already using the spirits of those Digimon or whatever, right? But, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, like, yeah, like, it is kind of like a thing of, like, okay, like, these cool, these two cool spirits that we'll never see again did all the cool stuff, and our heroes just kind of, like, watch. I'm surprised they were in this, to be honest. Because they feel like very plot critical elements, um, at least from like the impression I've got so far from watching the show, not knowing the entire story. That's the impression yeah, that you, you get. Think. <laughs> yes, um, and um, yeah, no, they no, they just show up here instead, which is fine. You know, I'm okay with it. Yeah, uh, I mean, I like it. I think I think like I said. Uh, ancient Gurumon just straight up throwing his swords through uh, Ornismon's wings. Super hype moment. I thought that was great. But at the same time, it is just a functionally just... The kids are just sort of watching as Ancient Greymon just sort of like... Essentially nukes uh, Ornismon into nothingness. <laughs> I think that's what was happening anyway. <laughs> you would think that they would be, you know, plot relevant based on you know, the entire premise of the show, but no, the 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 ten ancient warriors are essentially just plot in background dressing that didn't even get official designs for the most part until the Digimon databook updated with them. Yeah. 
It's a shame. Actually, no, they were they were in uh, Battle Spirit too. I don't think all of them were, were they? No, they they were all in Battle Spirit too. I'm pretty sure. But wasn't Battle Spirit two like 2004, 2005 game though? Like that, that's still after the Digimon reference book up, updated with those. Oh, designs. was it? Uh, okay, in Japan, it was out in 2000 at the end of 2002 for the the Wonder Swan Color, and then it was 2003 for the GBA. Okay, I'm think, probably thinking of the GBA version then. Yeah, because you have um, they they each sort of like that's like their super move essentially is they get to become like their ancient form and do an attack. The more you know. I played Digimon. I'm I'm the number one Battle Spirit 2 player in the world. <laughs> Fight my Cosimon 1v1. Money match me. Anyone who's listening. We'll get on Netplay right now. Sorry. Um, that was that was a fine joke, Sloan. I'm sorry. I, I should have reacted more. <laughs> I'm sorry. Everyone's just no-selling me. Everyone's no-selling the Italian today. <laughs> I understand, but also, yeah. This is this is gonna sound like a weird and invasive question, but what percentage Italian are you? This is entrapment. <laughs> no, I can't think of a joke. All right, let's move on. Are we done? Is it? Is this? Is this the end? Are we still gonna say farewell to the island of Lost Digimon? It was nice knowing you. I I mean that unironically. It was very. It was. It was, it was, yeah. it was rather. It was rather nice. Yeah, rather nice. Yeah. Oh. There's I I do want to shout out um. Can I shout out a few lines real quick? <laughs> Go on. Go for it. Because I haven't done that in a long time. There has not been a point where I've shouted out lines. I will say um I like the point where uh during the fight the big war fight, Grismon's like, unless you plan to help us, keep your opinions to yourself. With Koji being like, what? Stop it! You can oh, stop God, this. Yeah. Do something. And I was right. like, this is this is great. Like I think that's a that's a great thing of. Just Grismon be like, no, like we have to essentially be like, no, I want to keep. Could you just getting right up in the right up in his face of this big wolf dude? Like, That's rad. What? like, okay. I mean, on one hand, calm down. On the other hand, yeah, that guy sucks. He <laughs> t- t- tell him what's tell him what's up. Yeah, yeah, he sucks. Tell him. I mean, Koji, I know you suck too, but like, tell him. In this, you don't. Apparently, and also, <laughs> like, apparently, you're a good character in this. And. Pokemon saying, I'm sad, I just don't understand why anyone would want to start fighting in the first place. I like that line. He's just a sad little guy. Like, I... No, but but also, also no, completely out of character. Like, Pokemon is Harden's cynic. Like, he he would not... He'd be like, oh, this is human. Oh, I don't know. Dumb Digimon fighting again. Like, I, I, just think, be I think it's because exactly. they're on a different scale than, like, the fights they've been in. Like, this is a this is a war. Tom, you, I cannot overstate how badly I need to hear that impression again. Whatever you do. No, no, that's Taiwan. That's a bad thought. <laughs> that was bad. That was bad. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. I thought that was, that was a very I love good. love it. Thank you. Now, I'm just getting to a fucking... I don't know. This is going places. This voice. This is like when Homer <laughs> pretends to be a woman. Um, like, uh, or tries to do a woman's voice rather. Like, <laughs> my name is Guy in Cornwall. Yeah, all, all that. Yeah, yeah. Just his, just his person. I'm not voice. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, Mr. Burns. <laughs> I believe you have a package for me. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> I do want to shout out some some sub lines too. Because they're actually like pretty metal. Go on. Uh, one of them is um, I think this is in the I think this is what Dino Human says. He says, "But if we leave the situation as it is now, then the human Digimon are going to become extinct, and now the time to fight has come." 
meanwhile, when we see the the beast Digimon side of things early on, uh, Grismon says, "Until now, God has not stopped the suffering of our comrades. This sadness will not be forgotten. What are we beasts supposed to do? Right now, we should attack the human Digimon." That's hardcore. I love it. It's 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 great. Like straight up, like Grismon is just like constantly invoking God. Of course, meaning like Ornismon, but the way is like God has forsaken us. It's like or like it's like the stuff like that. It's like that's rad. This is way more metal than it has any right to be. Yeah, it's the same same energy as um, God. What's it called? What was it called again? Uh, the Monkey Deva saying, "You are no longer our God" to the humans. Yeah, there was one I I really liked, but unfortunately I didn't take the note of it. Which I'm, but it's it's essentially just like like again, it's something like that of like uh, God has forsaken us, so now we have to take it into our own hands. Essentially, I'm 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 thinking I'm I'm over here thinking of the uh, like the uh, the Gallant, Gallant Mons line about you have rejected every offer of friendship made to you. But I think I'm just I think I'm just thinking of like yeah. badass lines from Digimon, <laughs> like not actually was. <laughs> You're just thinking about Tamers again. Well, you know, <laughs> that's true a lot of the time. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, who isn't thinking about Digimon yeah, Tamers? Maybe. Well, I'm going to, yeah, I'll think about that when I'm trying to, uh, trying to hone my Pokemon impression. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Perfect. I'm actually, I actually kind of want to go back and like, listen to lines because I'm like, no, I had something there. I need, I need to make this work. I need to get this back. Um, oh, well. Anyway. <laughs> I hope we have some um, we have some news this week. Uh, not news. We had news earlier, but we have some emails, maybe. Yeah. So um, we do. In Mina, before we get to that, if people want to send in emails, if maybe if they checked out the the sixty five p version of Digimon Frontier Island of Lost Digimon on archive dot org, where could and they want to tell us about it, where can they send that to? Uh, you can send those all into diginovacast at gmail.com. That is D-I-G-I-Novacast at gmail.com. Or, if you would like to send us something on Twitter, that, that's more your jam, then you can slide into our DMs or drop us a mention at diginovacast, same spelling as the email. Um, if you're one of the new listeners from... You know, recent times. Welcome. Thank you for sticking around. We appreciate you a lot. No, those people are gone. They, 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 they have left. They have disgusted with us for our antics, and, uh, and they've, they've absconded. Yes, they, they've gone back to their, uh, their, their better place. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so we actually we do have some reader mail this week. It's uh, two from the same person. So thank you very, very much for being interested enough to send uh, us a couple of these. Thank you. Uh, all right. So first one, the subject matter, the subject line is just frontier exclamation. Oh, oh no. wait, do we have do we do we, says, do we have a name for this person or the requested? The only name I have is the only name I have is Mysterious Digi. So thank you very much, Mysterious Digi, for these for these emails. Thank you, Mysterious Digi. All right, so number one, um, it says so. I listened to other Digimon podcasts, and Spotify recommended me this podcast at the perfect time. I just started rewatching Frontier for its 20th anniversary, so after I caught up to the Frontier podcast episodes, I'm watching alongside you all. Uh, Frontier is my least favorite season aside from Adventure 2020, but I can't help but feel endeared to its building blocks. Yes, the characters are cardboard cutouts at best, and the last quarter of the season is a massive slog, but I can't help but feel its potential. It's got one of the most interesting digital worlds, and more in-depth lore than others do, too. I really appreciate the positivity corner, because aside from episodes like the Kazeman one, I'm usually at least entertained by the show. 
I do agree with a lot of the points you brought up, and I'm glad at least one of you has changed perspectives on Tommy, as he's one of my favorites from the season. I guess the question I have is, how would you rank the characters right now? It'd be interesting to see if your ranking changes by the end of the series. The non-frontier question I have is, what are your pronouns? I don't see them on the show or episode bios, and I hate to assume. Thank you for the quality discussions, and keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for your email. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much, and thank you for listening. Uh, well, do we want to do the pronouns thing first? <laughs> he, him? Hi, this is, welcome to the Novacast, Digimon Rewatch Experience. I'm Sloan, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. I'm Mina, and my pronouns are also she, her, hers. I'm Tom, and my pronouns are he, him, his. Yeah, he, him, his. I never do the. I never do. I never do the third one. <laughs> he, him. <laughs> I guess. I always do. The, I like. I like doing the third one. <laughs> yeah, I never do. The, he, him, his. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'm glad you enjoy the positivity corner. I just want to say that first of all, because yeah, that's honestly that's been like a fun part of like, yeah. hey, like I am. I'm actively looking for something fun for each for each uh, episode now. And it's it's gotten a lot for me out of it, so... Yeah, honestly, it's never too hard to find something, but, like, you know... I guess, A, maybe the thing is, like, <laughs> find something that someone else doesn't say first. Uh, <laughs> but also, I don't know, something that you actually genuinely, like, believe, rather than just being, like, Pokemon said some funny thing again. Like, you know, it's, it's fun to find different things in each episode. Unique things for each episode. Uh, yeah. Even if we really have to rack our brains sometimes. <laughs> and also and also solidarity for thinking that this has some like some interesting ideas and foundations, even though they mess it up. That's I'm still thinking about how this could be rewritten to a better show. Yeah. And part of this would be like including this OVA into like main canon. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing what those interesting ideas are because I haven't seen any so far. <laughs> I've seen a lot of stuff so far that I'm just like, I wouldn't have done that. I, yeah, I, um, I kind but, of Oh well. I kind of um, skimmed over them during the, the discussion for this, this episode, but yeah, unfortunately, they're they're more interesting in concept than they are in execution. But they are interesting in concept. Yeah, I will give it's it that. just that the show doesn't go far enough where it should. Right. Protagonist rankings. Then, yeah, that's an interesting thing. Um, that's uh, an that's... interesting thing to bring up because in the search of things to do that weren't just talking slash bemoaning the this week's the week's episode of. Digimon Frontier we were talking about. I did suggest to the two of you about what if we try to do some sort of power rankings for the Digimon characters, the human character, you know, the, the protagonists. You see, you did you you suggested all of them, right? Yeah, well, I was gonna say start from adventure and then work away towards like the modern one, and then as we encounter new ones, like when we begin savers, for example, we can add them in. Uh, but like. I've, or maybe just do it on a weekly thing of like, oh, this was a good week for Tommy. Let's let's, let's put him above. Let's let's give Tommy three Tommy points, three yeah, Jigsaw no. points. Now he's above. Tommy's now Jigsaw. Now he's above Davis <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, no, um, okay, no, that's that's. Hey, no, I said, that's I, said gonna I, I said Davis, not Daisuke. Um, no, that's still not that's still not going to happen. Listing Davis and Daisuke as separate entities to to sate my uh, obsession. Yeah. Okay, I think I say we start off with these five chuckleheads, and and we'll each give ourselves a ranking. So who who wants to go first? I would. I I would. I mean, I'll give it up to you. I'll give it to you. No. Okay. Um. All right. Yeah. Let me think on that. So, are we only factoring in their human personalities, or can we factor in their their Digimon stuff? I think you factor in everything. So about them so far. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? So like okay, like like you cause... wouldn't include like like say JP's B spirit or anything, but you would just you would just 
factor in everything that we have seen of the character up to up to and through this OVA. Yeah, and I would I would say I would say just okay. generally like I'm not interested in knowing like how strong they are. Like if we factor in this, then we're gonna have trouble when like all the other characters, bar Marcus or whatever, can't really like fight. <laughs> but um, you know the it's more to do with just how much we like him. I guess so. Yeah. It's purely subjective. So let's just uh, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna say my my number one is is probably Tommy. Now that I'm thinking about it, because he has gotten the most development of them. Like I think back to the the episode where they're stuck on the the island of toys. And I just think about how strong his characterization was there, and then how almost immediately after that we got an episode dealing with his his fear of abandonment and not being able to return home. And then shortly after that, we got the episode where he stands up to Burning Greymon and manages to... Not die, know, instantly. Um, <laughs> yeah, he manages to, to make Takuya come to his senses without getting hurt. Uh, so yeah, I think honestly he's he's gotten the, mo- the most like, actual meaningful development out of all of our main cast so far he gets he gets it done as well like yeah. in the moment sorry he has had moments of getting shit done which is good to see yeah like yeah. he's i feel like competency should factor into this as well but like and i, and I feel i feel like tommy stacks up there so i'm gonna say yes tommy 100 percent is my pick for the favorite of the knuckleheads number one number one on the list so far for me yeah i do we want to go like all of ours all at once, or do we each want to go like down the list? Um. Well. Uh, like so, what do you think of Tommy? <laughs> do you do you, do you object I, to anything I, we I, said? I or? would agree. I think Tommy. No, Tommy is my favorite just because he's had the most. I will say I still don't like his big stupid hat, but I can put that aside <laughs> for like being the best developed <laughs> and maybe best written also, character I, so far. Like it. Like I'm. I'm very. Go. Go. Go ahead. I am very biased as well because his his beast spirit is a Gundam reference, so that endears <laughs> him to me immediately. I mean, he's beast. I am. I am a very. I'm a very simple woman. I see Gundam, I clap like a trained seal. <laughs> his beast spirit. Sorry, his sorry, his human spirit is. Uh, oh, sorry, it is his human spirit. God, yeah. Sorry, his, his human, human spirit, spirit is, is a, a Gundam reference. Whereas all the other human spirits aren't Digimon. It's <laughs> so. They're you know. common writers. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 Sentai. Yeah, they're Sentai characters. Yeah, I. I, I um, think he is the, the best developed character, and Tom, Tom, you said a while back that it was like the, the spirit of TK embodied him, and I'm still sort of like getting a vibe, and just in the fact that like he is the most of a character so far, so you know what, I'm yeah, rooting I feel for like, Tommy. I feel like... I, not, not much is going to happen for him, but I'm still rooting for him nonetheless. I want to come back to that, because that is something I said at the time, and, and I sort of think back on that, on that when it comes up, and I'm like... No, I think that's maybe just his character had a really poor start, like maybe a uh, inauthentic, not inauthentic, but like uh, it wasn't particularly representative of how he's shown out to be. I feel like more often than not, he has been that more sort of like, you know, still sort of unsteady, but like, you know, can can get a grip and you know really. Um, my words are failing me here completely, but that... he, he's trying his he's trying his best out. Exactly, yeah, he's trying his best. Yeah, he he's definitely been competent more often than not, and and I appreciate that, and a headstrong more often than not, and I like that. So I feel like my initial impression was uh, unfairly skewed because of the first episode. I, I don't know. I think that the, I think those first two episodes were pretty fairly skewed. I mean, yeah, that's, that's my point though. Is that like they were. They were setting me up for this character 
and that wasn't that hasn't really been the character. Yes, he still has some moments where he does that, but like generally speaking, he is not as much of a crybaby as they made it out to be. So, um, but you know, my my original point is about him still stand because that's the episodes that we watched, right? So, anyway, yeah, I say Tommy. Um, can I throw out a suggestion for the second place? And I'm gonna go yes. for it. I feel like from this point, from all the others, um. I don't think I like any of them really, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to probably say Takuya for the second one, just because he's the least offensive for the most part. I still don't like him much. Uh, this is this is the tough part, honestly. Yeah. I I guess if if we do count this one, I would say for me it'd probably be Koji. I, that's the thing; they could be interchangeable for me, like. I, 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 yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel too. Like, I think Koji, like with like the way he up to Grismon and like stuff like that. Like, I, I I like that. I thought that was some good moments for a character who has just been like, I hate everybody. Oh, I'm a loner. See him and Koji and Tsukuyu in in this OVA we just watched were fairly interchangeable themselves. Although I did like, yeah, I did think Koji had a couple more like decent moments um thank yeah like that one there in the show proper though i feel like they are roughly on the same level but koji is a bit more like like takuya is 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 bred you know he's just very bland like and and very inoffensive like whereas i think koji koji is an annoying little shit but he's also very for the most part competent so you know, and, yeah. and he is very competent because he's like, I don't need you guys, and then he goes off. But then he goes off, and generally speaking, he doesn't just, like, do nothing or, like, fall fat on his face immediately, you know. So he could he can weld a cool stick and do all that stuff. So, you know, he's he's not bad by any means, but I don't like him. Whereas I think to Taku- yeah, I'm I'm most I'm mostly rating him uh, number two just because of this OVA and how I think it improved him. So that's just me. I feel like that's a I, I just can't help straight the impression that, like, this OVA, or, or any OVA, really, is going to be a poor way to, like, get a proper oh, completely. gauge of these characters. But, you know, hey, we, and, we watched it. And I'm it. sure next episode I'll hate him we again. Could always adju- we but... could always adjust it next episode if we want. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but no, um, <laughs> I think I'm fine with Koji in second, or Takuya in second. I just don't want JP or Zoe in second. In fact, I'm I'm glad you're allowing me to have my opinion. Whoa! So right. thank you. That's not... <laughs> no, I'm joking. You said I, you said I'm fine with. So I, mean, I was like, no, oh, thank not, you. It's, okay, you it's can a, you can have joke. whoever you want in second. I'm just saying, like this is a this is a this is this no, is I'm a, making a um, joke. I'm sorry. Okay, let's just be clear. Um, this is like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Am I allowed no, to apologize here? Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. It's because I'm Italian, isn't it? Oh no! We're already back to it. Um, this is a this is a cast list, isn't it? Like this is this is all saying like what we definitively want as number one, two, three, etc. Right? We are voting of sorts. Yeah. Or consensus. We are we are each we are each giving our own our own list in order. No, that's a different thing. That's always giving our so, own uh, list rather than a no a, a uh, consensus. Are, are, wait, are we are we giving a general consensus or is it just each of our own? Mina, what what's the? Uh... Uh, I mean, the wording of the email is just like, how would you how would you rank the the cast? So. <laughs> 
I think for the sake of time, we should just do our own list, not argue over where okay, everything goes. Okay, that's fair enough. We can, we can save that for the, the, the definitive Novacast protagonist power rankings. Okay, fine, fine, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll come back to it. We'll come to it. So, Very Mina, well. who's, your no- who's your number two? Uh, my number two is, this is going to probably ruffle some feathers, probably JP. He, he is an asshole, but at least he's a more interesting asshole than Koji is. <laughs> and, like, he actually got some, some decent characterization in the, the school episode. Yeah. Where, like, even though it wasn't an episode focused on him, like, that was a Zoe episode, you do get to see a lot about what makes him tick when he just offhandedly mentions that, oh, yeah, I buy people's friendship with, with you know, material goods yeah. all the time. That's just how <laughs> you make friends. I'll give you that. Like, I guess so. He, yeah, he has, he's only gotten one focus episode so far, and it wasn't a great one, but there is some, some interesting stuff there, and I think Beetlemon's cool as shit, so. Big bad Beetleborgs. Elevates him a little bit. Um, for number three, I'll say Takuya for the reasons Tom discussed. He's got actually gotten a little bit of development. Um, he is more interesting as a character than he was in the early, you know, episodes of the season, but that's not saying all a lot. Um, I think Burning Greymon's pretty cool. I think later on, one of his one of his later forms is one of my favorite Digimon ever, so I'm going to give him some points for that. Uh, but all that being said, I just don't think he's that interesting, especially coming off of Takato, who's like probably, yeah, if not the best protagonist in the series, like top top two for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, like he's just there's just not much to him. He's just a pretty simple, straightforward guy who calls his friends assholes, <laughs> and uh, you know, who among us hasn't? Who <laughs> wants to be um, a good big brother to Tommy? At number four, uh, I'm gonna put Koji, the other golden boy, because. He's, I don't know, he's inoffensive. He's he's an asshole. He's not really an interesting asshole, but, like, he hasn't done anything wrong, per se. He's just yeah. kind of rude. And then in the last place, uh, I'm going to put Zoe. I'm sorry, Zoe. The writers hated you, and it shows. Because <laughs> every time she goes to do anything interesting or worthwhile, she gets the shit kicked out of her by the plot. Um... And I, I just think it's so funny that she lost her spirit to Grumblemon first, and yet is also the last to get it back. <laughs> There's something really funny about um, how mean that is from a writing perspective. Say what you want about Sora, uh, and believe me, we have, but um, at least she didn't lose Beomon for several episodes. Like, Yeah, she just, she just basically yeah. lost her at the start of the whole most recent movie. Well, true, yeah. <laughs> Rest in pieces, Sora. Yeah, there's some. We still love you deep down, Sora. There's some silly stuff in Frontier that continues to sideline side Zoe, and they, they try to make up for it later on in the season in the most hilariously ham-fisted way possible. Um, you, you, we're we're going to get to it in a few weeks, but it's it's really comical how badly they try to um, pump the brakes on on the uh, the clownification of Zoe. But yeah, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to it. And of course, secret number zero spot, towering above all. Uh, long may they reign, uh, Pokemon and Amon, our beloved comic <laughs> relief who could do no okay, wrong. Okay, Tom, you finish out your power rankings then. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say Zoe is in dead last. Um, I'd say just because I'm very not thrilled about... I, like, I get the points about JP, I get that he's more realized, but also he just sucks so much ass that I just can't. I can't with him. I just can't. <laughs> so, sometimes literally. Oh god. Um Take and a laugh. um <laughs> and yeah okay so uh, uh Tommy number 1 and then far far behind him is 
uh, Takuya, Koji, JP, and far, far behind JP is Zoe. So actually, no, you know what? No, she's not that far behind, but she's definitely in last place. Like she, you know, there's no that is not close between her and between her and JP. Um, she's oh, she's so annoying and like Even all over the, the place. Day, she sucks. No, she... except except for her one cool moment. Yeah. She, she's she's there's a point where she's like, "Wow, that's a good idea. I can't believe you guys thought of it." And it's like, Zoe, this is the time. A war is about to start. <laughs> Like fucking Sonic Forces, uh, <laughs> character banter. I don't know. I feel like those moments, that kind of like little banter, or whatever, could work if it wasn't these characters. Like nothing is good about this, Zoe. That's why it's called war. There we go. There we go. That's what I was looking for. Um, I'm just like, yeah, that could work. But I'm just so used to these characters being at each other's throats that like any little thing like that just feels like it's more of them actively hating one another rather than you know. I don't know. I could see Rika having a having a line like that, you know, and uh, and it making sense for her character. But yeah, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. yeah, Zoe completely just nuked over and over again by the main series writing. So yeah, there's no there's no coming back from that. You are in last place. Yes, I think if we do a like a thorough ranking of all characters in the Digimon series or protagonists, she's still being dead last. I can't think of anyone else. Yeah, I I think that's pretty that's 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 sealed up for her. The only person that might come close is like maybe Kento and or Kazu. God, I didn't even think of considering those, but yeah, I guess they might. Yeah, because I was just thinking like, who would actually if if it was like a list of this, would it just be these five frontier knuckleheads at the bottom by themselves in their own little group, or like? Would there be any... I mean, I would... Okay, I would rank Tommy above, like, Ryo. I would rank him above Kazu and Kenta. Sora has moments. Like, with her... I wouldn't wouldn't rank... I wouldn't rank any of the the Frontier characters above Sora. Fair enough. I guess it's also too early to say, for sure. But, like, um... I don't know. Yo, Lakehan has... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think we're done. <laughs> I think we're done before Salone killed me. Um, I I still need to rank my, my characters. I only did a few. Oh, only sorry. Two. Sorry, I thought you'd done it. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Okay. Yeah, go, go right ahead. No, so yeah. First place, I would say is Tommy because he is the best little boy. Um, Number two is Koji just because like... And of course, like, OVA characterization is going to be different. He's going to suck again when we cover episodes next week, but I liked him in, I liked him in the OVA, and I think that counted for a lot. Um, number three, I wasn't sure who to put, but because of your impassioned speech and what I remembered, and some of this is cheating, because I'm like, I'm thinking about, like, further stuff down the line, but also thinking about like, what we've seen so far, I will put JP at number three. Um, I just, I just think there is... There's more compelling about him than there is about Takuya, who is literally the most bland uh, gogglehead in existence. <laughs> uh, Takuya. Well, until we get to until we get to Fusion Part Two, anyway. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Who knows? Maybe I'll like those characters. At the very least, I'm sure I will like them more than Takuya. Um, I I mean, I'm sure you like Taiki more than Takuya. I don't, I don't know about Tagiru though. Tagiru is very. Uh, is Tagiru the one that punches the Digimon? No, that's that's Marcus. No, ta- no, Taguru also punches the Digimon. Oh, right, yeah, he does. He, you're right, he does. Punch so there, Digimon, there you go. Like, Automatically, way better than Takuya. 
I don't know. It, it's not, he doesn't punch him in a cool way like Marcus, though. He's just kind of a, a meathead. Uh, hey, I'll still take it. That's still cool. Um, and then is he the one? Is he is he the, is he the blue one? He's the blue one. Bobby no, the, the, the one the one in blue. <laughs> yes. That's yeah, it. he's he's got. He's got Gumdramon as his. That's it. Because um, I remember seeing that and being very confused about like, wait, hang on. I thought it was Shoutmon. Where's the guy in red? Who's this other guy? And I was like, I should probably watch this show. And then I thought, no. Well, you're going to one day. And then last is our pizza pasta princess Zoe. Um, rest in pieces. Uh, Stan, Stan Mimi. Hashtag Zoe Orimoto is over party. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's all I have. Zoe would get canceled on present day uh, social media for like something horrible. I feel like. So I'm just looking at this picture of um, whatever his name is slapping Gumdramon. Ta- Tagaru uh, punching Gumdramon. I just can't. I don't even. I'm so sick to death of comments and commentary and jokes and whatever about this. But yeah, I look at this and I'm still thinking, oh, Will Smith, Chris Rock. God. Okay, no, actually, that's the most <laughs> offensive thing you've said on this podcast. Take a laugh. <laughs> it's not offensive. It's just boring. Uh, I'm so yeah. tired of hearing things I'm about sorry. the about the slap. But also, NBC's the yeah. slap. <laughs> okay, we're done. Starring, starring Zachary Quinto. Yep. So moving on, uh, we do have a second email also from Mysterious Digi this week. Thank you again for sending both of these. Uh, This one is called Frontier Episodes 10 through 12. Uh Uh-oh. And it begins with, Hello, Novacast. I hope you're all doing well. I just finished listening to the latest podcast episode, which covers episodes 10 through 12 of Frontier. Like I said in my previous email, Frontier is probably my second least favorite season. However, I still enjoy watching it for the most part. I think Frontier's strength lies in the lore, with the human versus beast Digimon conflict being pretty interesting, along with the whole uh, Ten Legendary Warriors aspect. I don't think the show explores it enough, but that's a point towards it, at least. The characters are very flat, for sure, but I like what they tried to do. Some are more successful than others, IMO, like Tommy learning to stand up for himself and others. Uh, And JP and Zoe have interesting ideas for development when we get their backstory later. I do 100% agree that these characters fall flat in their faces, but I do think they've grown a little bit from being so argumentative. Um, so they get just one or two crumbs before they're inevitably sidelined. Even Koji and Takuya have a couple good points. The last thing I say I really like about Frontier is the digital world. It's a little bit more fantastical rather than technological, but it feels more alive than Adventure or Tamers. There's lots of little villages, little stations, modes of transport, etc. The locations feel memorable, like the sideways Shell Numimon village, uh, the flame terminal on Toy Island. I do think after rewatching and hearing your thoughts, the beginning of Frontier is actually pretty bad. Even though the last arc is rough, I think it's probably better than this first arc. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on the upcoming set of episodes. Also, I think the Forest Terminal is specifically the train station in the Forest Kingdom, and that's why they've used both uh, interchangeably. Oh, yeah, I didn't even consider sense. that. That's, that. There we go. That I feel, makes I feel a lot like of we sense. may have been rushing to dunk on uh, that particular what we thought was an issue, and then maybe overlooked the, the obvious answer there. So, thank you, listener, <laughs> for that one. <laughs> Yeah, we were we were st- stumbling over ourselves so hard that we fell flat on our faces. So that's that's our bad. I just looked at the wiki, and Mysterious Digi is in fact right. The Forest Kingdom is the area where they're in currently, and the Forest Terminal is where we're gonna see soon. Well, darn. Okay. Well, anyway, so the, the last line of the email says, "Love the discussions. Please keep doing what you're doing." We will. So no. Thank you very much. That's a very sweet email. <laughs> we're shutting no. it down now. 
<laughs> Again, Effective this podcast was immediately. For, we made it clear earlier. This podcast is for us and no one else. And if, if anyone else likes it, then we're clearly failing. And we need uh, to stop. okay. What's something <laughs> no. else I can say that makes this podcast for us and no, no one else? No, Rocket no. robot on wheels for the for the Nintendo sixty four. There we go. Uh, in seriousness, thank you for the email. That's very nice. And I hope you enjoy this episode when you listen to it because we talk about that uh, dichotomy between the human and beast Digimon. Yeah, it's a funny coincidence that that was uh, brought up on this email considering we do go into that uh, a good deal in this episode. Uh, okay, so with that being said, I think we can we can move on to our wrap-up, right? I think I think I think we are ready for that point. We have we have Digimon Frontiered. We ourselves have grabbed onto the little pink umbrella and are are going to be flying away back into the digital world of Frontier next week. So as as we're currently sailing through the skies before we crash land into the ground, uh, Mina, where can we find you and what have you been up to the past week or so? I am on Twitter at ScrappyDevil. Uh, for most of the last week, I'll be entirely honest with you, I've pretty much just been playing Pokemon Unite a lot. It's it's a really good game um, to whip out when you've got like 10 minutes to spare and you just want to, like, you know, uh, kill some time, get some more matchup VXP in. Um, Azumarill released last week, uh, and that is one of the most unexpected picks in the game. Yeah, what the hell? But also one of the coolest. I don't know, I think, I uh, think like, Meryl is popular enough that... I feel like this game has a weird thing where, like, some of the choices, like, all the choices are positioned about what they what they become, right? Like, so everything evolves. So, like, you have Meryl and Jigglypuff and whatever, and, like, those are very recognizable Pokemon. Oh, Mr. Digimon. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, Zoomerill and, and Wigglytuff, maybe a bit less so. So it's a, it's a funny thing. Uh, especially when, like, Pikachu's in it and it doesn't turn into Raichu. So, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I just think it's, it is a really interesting pick because, like, when you think about, you know, a, a Pokemon action game, Meryl and Zoomerill aren't usually really the ones that pop to mind immediately like they're kind of more like cute mascot ones rather than like powerful fighting ones despite the fact that azumarill has actually been pretty high tier and competitive ever since um they got the fairy typing ah yes love a huge power uh, but it's, boy. Yeah, it's it's really fun and it has a really cool unique mechanic in that um it is specifically a one-on-one like uh dueler and its gameplay incentivizes doing one-on-ones and disincentivizes doing team battles so the way that Azumarill works is as long as it's only hitting one target with its attacks, those attacks will always crit. So they will always do twice as much damage Holy as cow. usual. But if if any of its attacks hit more than one target at once, they'll never crit. It's impossible oh, for them wow, to crit. Oh, wow, jeez. So, yeah, it's it's very, very much uh, based around instead of like following your team around and getting a bit into big team skirmishes, you're supposed to kind of sneak around in the shadows and ambush people who are caught alone, and then just melt their HP in, like, five oh, seconds. Oh, I love flat. Stealth Blend. Master. Stealth Master Azumarill. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. And so weird. But what's funny is that it's got some... It, it's tools kind of incentivized that, that stealthy game plan of kind of going from bush to bush and staying invisible, because it's got... One of its moves is Aqua... Or Water Pulse. And the utility for Water Pulse isn't the actual projectile itself. It's that while you fire it, Azumarill does, like, a combat roll in the direction that you're pointing. Mm, huh. So you can use it to get around quickly and, and kind of combat roll from, from cover to cover so that you're, you're not spotted. Um, the other option for that move slot is play rough. And play rough is kind of the opposite, where instead of being stealthy, it makes you barrel in one direction like like a bat out of hell. Um, 
So that one's really good for chasing down targets that are that are disengaging from a fight. Uh, and then it's for its other move, it's got two options. It's got Whirlpool, which just creates a, a swirl of water around it that just does passive damage to enemies that get near it. And it, it just melts HP if they get close to it. Like, it does so much damage. And it heals Azumarill every time it goes off. Go off. Um, and the other move it has in that slot... Yeah, go off Azumarill. <laughs> go off, King. <laughs> the, the other move it has in that slot is um, Aqua Tail. And what that one does is it slaps him three times with its tail, and all three shots ignore shield, which is a really important mechanic in, uh, in Unite. So that makes it really powerful for busting through uh, tanky Pokemon like Snorlax or Blastoise that always have like a ton of stacks of shield on them. Um, so these are, then, these uh, are like... These are like ultimate moves. These are like ults or whatever, right? These these aren't like readily available moves, are they? Oh no, yeah, no, these are just the readily the, the, the moves it has access to whenever. Oh, it what its okay. alt is though is really interesting because they there's actually some like cool like Easter eggs in a lot of the alts in this game because they're, they're never just um, a single move like they're always like a combination of stuff or whatever. And Azumarill's alt in this game is the belly drum aqua jet combo that made it competitively viable. Ooh, wow. That's so, weird. Like you never you yeah. never ever see references to like competitive in the Pokemon games. Like that's like it, it's so. so interesting. Jesus. It's it's really interesting, yeah. So like seeing um what it does is it it drums its own belly five times. Each time it hits itself, it does damage to itself. But then it charges forward and does a huge burst of damage to whatever enemy it's pointing towards. And, like, it's really clever because, like, that's... Belly Drum was not, like, a common tactic used by, you know, NPCs or um, boss characters in that game. It's pretty much only, a comp- like, a competitively viable thing. So seeing it represented in this game, and specifically the combo with Aqua Jet that, that made it so scary in, uh, in Gen 6 and 7 competitive was really cool. I, I, I loved um, that that's Easter egg awesome. a lot. That's cool. Yeah, so it's it's been cool. I've been playing a lot of Azumarill. Um, I'm playing a lot of Hoopa because Hoopa um, was for some reason bafflingly buffed recently, so it's even stronger than it was before, and it was already like the best support in the game. And uh, as a support main, I always appreciate um, having lots of options for that. Uh, so yeah, I've been doing that. Um, the final season of the show Better Call Saul is starting this month, so in preparation of that, I've been binging through um, the first... Uh, like five seasons with my girlfriend and we're about two and a half seasons in already we're making good progress with that she's really enjoying it and i'm really enjoying revisiting it uh that show is great it rules it is better than breaking bad yes i said it fight me <laughs> and if yeah like if you're if you're someone who likes um ace attorney but thinks what if this was way grungier <laughs> then this is the show for you there's lots of then you gotta interesting... play the first case of ace attorney four yeah, there's lots of really interesting, like, legal uh, bullshit in this, but instead of, you know, it being, like, a dry procedural, um, you know, court procedural, it's, what if the, the lawyer in all these cases was a scam artist and had to scam his way out of every single See, I, I jam watch he got that, into? Yeah. Okay, that explains so it's, much, yeah. because every, I feel like all, every, most of what, well, what I quote-unquote know about the show is all those memes where it's like, your honor, my client is simply built different. So, like, <laughs> that is... That that might be actually representative of what he's like as a lawyer is pretty great. Um, that's yeah. I should I should watch those shows. Yeah. I feel like Better Call Saul is maybe that that has from what I've seen of it that might appeal to me more than Breaking Bad. 
but like uh, I yeah it it definitely appeals to me more. It's less like there is still like you know the crime uh like you know yeah uh cartel drama aspect to it, but like there's also I think the most exciting scene of the entire series is an old man having a breakdown on the witness stand because um his psychosomatic condition was revealed, which renders his word moot, and that like. The fact that that is the most exciting moment in a show where people get shot in the head uh, pretty regularly it says a lot about how good the writing and character pork is. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's basically me. What about you, Tom? What have you been up to? You can find me on Twitter, at ColdManHot, as always. And I have been up to quite a lot. Um, so, um, I have recently... Uh, I've watched a few things lately. I've watched all of... I can't remember if I talked about this last time or not, but um, I watched a lot of Peacemaker. Um, How did you like it? Yes, I remember you saying you were going to watch that. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I, I, well, I'm a big fan of the... the having the, the, the... There is very important. I'm a big fan of The Suicide Squad, um, the 2021 James Gunn film. <laughs> not the other one. And um, the... the I, I thought that film was fantastic. It's got a lot of heart and whatever in the same sense that, like... Same sort of way that the his Guardians of the Galaxy films do, but like much much better, frankly. Um, and this Peacemaker really takes that ball and runs with it, and it ha- I think it benefits a fair bit from being like a show. And it, it's it's fairly different because unlike Suicide Squad, which was di- which was balancing a whole bunch of characters and so on, like whilst focusing on a primary few, this gets to mainly focus on the the Peacemaker character, who is very ridiculous frankly and the show doesn't pretend otherwise but um it's a fun you know it's a superhero thing yes but it's it's nicely uh, it's got a good attitude to it like it's it gets it's, it's violent and what have you and so on but like it's it's got a decent amount of like warmth to it and it's more about this guy trying to find like a family of sorts rather than it is about him you know exploding heads so, which she does do a fair bit of, but but you know, there's it's not really the point. So, it's good. I really enjoyed it. John Cena's great in it. Um, they have like a weirdly, it's really funny watching this sort of stuff. Which is like the DC stuff is kind of funny because they they go a bit more wild <laughs> at times. Like the one of the main villains in this is Peacemaker's dad, who is played by Robert Patrick from uh, Terminator Two fame. Um, he looks a lot different now because it's like 30 years later, but um, he plays, yeah, Peacemaker's dad, and he is like a old, like neo-Nazi supervillain called the White Dragon. Um, oh no. Yeah. It's all coming uh, back to you, Gio. <laughs> yes, blue eyes, uh, White Dragon. Um, no, I mean, yeah, so it's like that's that's the kind of thing where I'm just like, oh my god, this guy's got like a Sentai suit and all that and and all that, but he's like a you know, white supremacist. Oh, Jesus Christ! But it like it kind of works because it takes itself seriously when it needs to and not seriously when it doesn't need to. Uh, I would just say the opening sequence of that show is absolutely hilarious and really really well done. So uh, for that alone, I would encourage people to watch it. But yeah, very good show. Um, off the back of that, because it was on the same service, I had to sign up to. Um, the I started watching Succession. Um, that might be a hard that might be a hard show for me to watch because I want it it is a cringe drama which is yeah something that might be difficult to stomach for some people I want 
I want John Wick to <laughs> burst into the. Sh- that show would work as a lot if, better as if, if at the Keanu end of every episode, for no, for no explainable reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or just, or just somehow everyone ended up dying at the end of each episode, like it was Kenny in South Park or something. And then, you know, hey, in the next episode, pretend that didn't happen. Sure, whatever you need to do. But I need some catharsis, damn it. Like it doesn't really work otherwise. Like these characters are awful. Uh, if you don't know, it's basically like, oh, there's this Rupert Murdoch type character, and like it's about his kids and you know colleagues trying to basically take his place or whatever, and blah blah blah. But like it's 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 clearly a good, well-made show. It's just hard for me to watch. <laughs> so I'm about I'm about five episodes or so in. Um, I'll get back to it at some point when I stop feeling ill. <laughs> um, and Fair then. Uh, oh, and then I went to see uh, went to see Sonic Two. How how did you like it? Oh, and and as our as our resident Sonic expert, as our resident uh, Knuckles what's your, what's your review? Yes, exactly. Um, I I enjoyed it. It was it was as with the original. I am not the target audience for that film, and like it's I wouldn't even say it's like a quote unquote family film. I'd say it's definitely more skewed towards like a younger audience specifically. But like it. This one works a lot better for me because it's full of like fan service, <laughs> so it's it's just really funny. Um, and and also I think the additional bits that they have here, like tails and knuckles and whatever, they work. They're they're better executed than say, for example, Jim Carrey's Robotnik, who is fine, but like he's also just Jim Carrey playing himself. And you know, it's it's fine. It kind of works for Eggman. It's not a million miles away. It's kind of missing. It's not even missing the edge or whatever that, that like the game Eggman can have. It's just sort of, I don't know. He might be retiring from acting or something. So if they do end up with recasting or whatever, I'm sure they will find someone even better to do it. But whatever, like they should do. They should do like the little like uh, what's her name from Sonic Mania. Oh God, yes, that's not a character. Um, but yeah, no, they could. Yes, that is. They can do. Um, I don't know, they have options. They have options. Um, well, they have a villain picked for the second film or for the third film already. Let's just say. So that's, I think they sorted that. Uh, but yeah, that was okay. It was, it was pretty good. I just wish they used the music more. That's the feel. That's the thing I just feel like is missing from those films is not enough Sonic music. Like, come on. Maybe, maybe the next one will have like some like orchestral like city escape music. Maybe, yeah, they could. Yeah, I remember watching the first one and realizing, like, right before the end, wait, they haven't used, like, any Sonic music, and then almost right on cue, a lo-fi piano cover of the Green Hill Zone theme comes on, and then I went home and I checked online, and it wasn't even composed for that movie, it was made on YouTube by a fan, and they just <laughs> bought the rights to use it in, yeah. the, in the movie, which is, like... I don't know. It feels kind of yeah. lazy. Like if you're if you're a composer for a Sonic movie and you're not putting motifs from the game in the soundtrack, like what are you doing? They, um, in the second one, um, there is a scene where James James Marsden's character has his phone ring and his ringtone is Green Hill Zone. Oh, like the, the, ah, the, there you go. The, the, the Sega, the, like the Genesis. That's the, o- that's the only version. food so, you get, you plebs. That is literally the only piece of Sonic music in that entire film. That's so depressing. I know, because the music otherwise is really boring. Um, I, I, I do find that Kid Cudi song <laughs> kind of kind of fun in like a very much like a this is a song made for a children's film uh, sort of way. But like I don't know, it was it was okay. Um, for what it's worth, everything else that they do is great. Like there was so many like 
moments ripped entirely from the games and and plopped into this and like I'm so morbidly excited for the third one because it's it's time for the it's time for the Dreamcast stuff. <laughs> it's, it's, that's where they're going. Oh my god. Uh, but yeah, the uh, yeah. So I watched that. Anyway, that's that's it for me. Um, Sloan, where can we find you and what have you been up to lately? You can find me at Sloan Rosette. Last night I finished the series Sound Euphonium, and I like that a lot. I still have two movies to go, and I'm gonna watch those soon. But it didn't end exactly the way I would have hoped, just because of my my shipping preferences. They kind of went left field. The characters didn't. The characters didn't come to life and uh, and, and they join didn't. the party. I am that, not game master for? Anthony. It's no. a real shame. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you no, it's, it's, it's it's a really it's actually a really fantastic show, even despite that. Where it's like I'm still like, yeah, that's probably one of my favorite shows now. Like that's a that's a ten out that's an eleven out of ten show. I really enjoy that. If even if you're like me and you th- you would think, hey, like why would I ever be interested in an anime about concert band? Check it out. It's really good. I mean, yeah, that's the power of anime. The power of anime has got me interested in shows about volleyball and a man who drives a taxi, so... <laughs> yeah, that's true. I still gotta check out Haikyuu eventually, but I got too many shows to watch. It's good. I, I, I As someone who didn't like... Um, bounced off of most sports anime I tried to watch, I was skeptical going into it, but it is, in fact, really good. Yeah, I and I actually do kind of like volleyball, so like that's what's been wanting me to do it, to watch it, but it's like, ah, oh, like, I've got so much stuff to watch, so I'll get to it eventually. Um, yeah, that's a really good show. Uh, everyone is saying the movie Listen to the Bluebird will, like, absolutely end me, so, like, I'm just, I'm, I don't know when I'll watch it, but I'm sure I will update the podcast and everyone else about how much I have been ended by this, by this movie, so we'll find out, we'll find out. Um, and then I also started Kirby. I'm, I've got 80%. That's a, that's a fantastic game. Yeah. That's such a good game. I, I love, I love Kirby. I love that little guy. He's great. It's great. The whole thing. It's a real. I mean, we've already talked about it plenty. Uh, I would say my favorite power is the the first sword upgrade. I think, and the 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 second hammer upgrade. The 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 like. Those are both very fun. The last hammer upgrade you get is fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. It's so is really good. It's so good. That's that's. I've also been getting, like, the best times on all the treasure roads, and that has been so much fun. Even though, like, I know you get nothing out of it, I just want to do it just to see if I can. And I am really excited to see speedruns of this game one day, because there is so much potential for optimizing, like, movement and, like, what you do and, like, your actions that I want to see it so badly, because I just want to see, like... Okay, like because the treasure roads are like like spe- like mini speed runs of like using a power in like a in a level. I want to see that taken to like its extreme of like how good can someone do at maximizing all of their movements and their actions in this game because it feels like there's so many opportunities like with this now being in 3D. Yeah, they, I'm I'm really interested to see what that ne- what the next game looks like. Um, but I think this was really for a first effort. Um. Even even for a first effort, like this is remarkably um, accomplished, I would say. So, I I hope I hope they keep out the three D for a while. I really I really hope they do. I I think that would be really great to see. I want to see how they iterate on all of this. Yeah, yeah, same, hundred percent. That's honestly that's all I have. Um, sound euphonium, good Kirby, good. All is right with the world. Yes. 
<laughs> yes, let's say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. You say it, maybe it can be real. Uh, <laughs> Next week, we've got episodes 13 and 14 of Digimon Frontier. We are we are back in the digital world, and we'll see how that goes. We got we got we got story next episode. We got big story. So, will it be good? I don't. I don't. I'm I'm gonna. I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna throw something out there in one week. I don't think it'll be good. (laughs) What if it is? And like, what if like it's completely obliterated and it's great? Great. That's not gonna happen. But like, imagine if it did. I'm I'm for that. Let's do that. Let's 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 have that happen. Yeah. Let's end this episode on the hope that maybe one day. Digimon Frontier will be great. It was great this week. And, this uh, was the week it was great, Sloane. It was... Maybe maybe let's hope... Well, okay, a second time. A second time, yes. Yeah, there we go. This has been the Novacast, and thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>